0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions and updates across the world of wrestling.
2: Many 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 many.
1: You are listening to the flagship podcast with your host, Joe Lanza.
0: The fucking sun sucks.
1: I don't know what you people
0: see in the sun. I don't know how you people do the sun. It's it's just the dirt worst. I want nothing to do with it. I'd be content never going out in the sun again.
1: And Rich Cragg. This is the dumbest show. I cannot believe it. these people. Pay, some people pay us ten dollars to listen to the show live. This is what we're we give them. for forty-five we, minutes. Been doing this for
0: ten years. <laughs> why (laughs) we're bigger than ever more people listen to us than ever than ever why
1: (laughs) and we are live on the flagship podcast i am rich he is joe joe what's happening how are you i'm doing all right doing okay got you one coming up We got the baseball all-star game are you i I forget if we've ever talked if you're a baseball all-star game guy i don't think you are uh, because i don't think you like any all-star games you hate i don't
0: care i don't care about any sports that are exhibitions and don't count
1: (laughs) so home run derby is a no a non-starter for you too then right
0: i mean the the thing about the major league baseball all-star game and the home run derby is i'll put them on because there's literally nothing else on
1: yes it is... I think there is... Isn't it the day after the and all, MLB All-Star game there's literally no sports on, right? Isn't that the famous day where there's nothing on? They would stuff See the all. ESPYs on that. Do they still do that? I haven't watched That's the ESPYs in 25 years, probably. So
0: That's when they do the ESPYs, yeah, during the All-Star break. But, yeah, the, the, the day before and the day after the All-Star game, two days on the calendar where there's no games from the four major sports leagues. That is correct. But, um... I'll have it on because there's nothing else because there's literally nothing else to have on. But I definitely don't go out of my way to watch the All Star Game. Definitely not the Home Run Derby. That stinks. I don't have any interest
1: in that whatsoever. <laughs> I don't like the Home Run Derby. Have you All Star Game? Have you ever liked the Home Run Derby, or is that like always been a non-starter for you? Was, was there a That's time when a little Joe was like, "Ah, hey, sucking dingers. Who doesn't like dingers? Because who doesn't like dingers? You don't like dingers? Cornball shit. I can't. it <laughs> You don't anywhere. like dingers? Who doesn't like dingers? Come on." So boring.
0: It's just so boring. I've never been interested in it. Mm. Um,
1: I feel like we're. Were you so? When I'm trying to think of when the Home Run Derby actually started. I think. I wonder if you're not quite the target audience for that because I feel like there's a certain demographic of people like. Especially me, like I I, I was coming of age as a sports fan right when the Home Run Derby started taking shape and right when you had Griffey with the backwards hat and you had, you know, a guy, I forget the one year, I think it was McGuire going over the the, the green monster and stuff. There was just some really, really interesting moments I remember about the early, early days of the Home Run Derby. I'm not talking obviously the original Home Run Derby when you were a child, Joe, uh, the ones where, you know sponsored by Chesterton's or whatever where they were at the Wrigley Field in Los Angeles, you know, one-on-one, It's just Willie Mays versus Joe DiMaggio sock and dingers. Do you remember those too?
0: You're talking about Home Run Derby TV show from the 60s. That yes. ESPN Classic, that ESPN Classics used to replay. Um that show was for, I think it was ni- I think it was 1960 and the host was Mark Scott. And I don't know if you know this, and you're right. It was from Wrigley Field in LA. Because it always blew a- my mind.
1: Because I would I, I would watch that, and and Wrigley Field LA looked ex- looks exactly like Wrigley Field Chicago. But I was always looking, and I'm like, man, the distance. Like, man, they really built up Wrigleyville since the '60s. Like, there's because there's like suburban homes or whatnot. And then I remember there was one time where somebody hit it so far, and they're like, yeah, it hit a palm tree. And I'm like, w- excuse me, there are no palm trees. I'm positive there's no palm trees uh, out in uh, the north side of Chicago. And that's when I did find out. Uh, a little too early, a little too late that, oh, wait, there was a Wrigley Field in Los Angeles. It was hard to know that. In 1995, 1997, I didn't know that there was a Wrigley Field in Los Angeles. It was kind of hard to get that information. So, yeah, it kind of blew my mind the first time I saw it.
0: It's kind of a, because it, it has the IV on the wall, on the just like the Chicago Wrigley Field. But, um, yeah, a lot of it, that confused, that still confuses a lot of people when they come across that original Home Run Derby from 1960. Did you know that the host, Mark Scott, he died like a month after they finished filming?
1: No way, he, really. Huh. He,
0: he died almost immediately after the show wrapped or something like that. He didn't live much longer after that. But um, that Home Run Derby, like I said, they used to replay it on ESPN Classics. That was great because and Hank Aaron. Harmon Killebrew, Mickey Mantle, Eddie Matthews, Ernie Banks. Ernie Banks, Banks. Yeah, Ernie
1: like, Banks so I remember for sure.
0: Willie Mays, Frank Robinson, Duke Snyder, all these Hall of Famers. And that's really your only chance before YouTube, right, to see these guys actually swing a bat and play and speak and 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 and, and hit home runs and shit. So that, there was a novelty to that when ESPN would air those. That I think kind of gets. There's still a certain goofy charm to the to that to that home run derby. I think now you know, 20 years on from whenever ESPN was airing that, you know, now you can YouTube nine inning games and watch Mickey Mantle or Hank Aaron play. Which you know, it kind of takes the novelty away from the old home run derby. But yeah, no, that 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 one was a lot of fun just for that factor. Because you know, how, where else are you going to see Willie Mays swing a bat?
1: Right, but, you got uh, you got a little bit of their personalities too. I mean, there wasn't a ton in there, yeah. but you know, you'd get you know, Hank Aaron would would finish his his you know round or whatever and walk up to the announcer and the guy would be like, "How oh, was around Hank?" And he's like, oh, "I did pretty good." Uh, you know, it's you know they were they weren't the most exciting people in the world. They were very like basic basic stuff because obviously it was the '60s and you still weren't able to be you know. Athletes still were held to a certain standard of what they could say and do and how they really wanted to act. And they're, they're, But it was still, you know, it was fine. Like some of the guys had, you know, played, played along with it a little bit, had a little bit of fun with it, but you at least got some of their personalities. Most of the personalities were like boring guys that hit dingers, but that, that's okay. It's all right. We didn't mind.
0: A lot of the guys had like old timey voice. Like he'd be like, what you think of that round, Jackie Jensen? Jackie Jensen would be like, "Ah, hey, well, it's a few dingers there, didn't I, Mark?" You know, <laughs> right,
1: <so>. exactly. <laughs> Al line was like, hey, "I hit it on the park, did pretty well, I think." It's like, "Okay," yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, just like, "What, what the hell?"
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, but uh, no, I thought those were uh, those were a lot of fun. But the the yeah, he okay, I looked it up. Mark Scott died July thirteenth, nineteen sixty.
1: Holy crap! Didn't showed- they just they ended it like?
0: This is what I'm trying to tell you. The show aired January 9th to July 2nd, 1960. He died like 11 days after the show left the air for that season. That's why there were no more seasons because he died. And he was the producer and the host and, you know, it was his concept. So when I say he literally died right when that show wrapped, I meant it. Like
1: (laughs) Like 20 days after. Yeah, he's dead. That's
0: Yeah, and he wasn't. wasn't he was 45 years old so um it says he died of a heart attack so i mean he probably smoked nine packs of lucky strikes yeah
1: i think this it was sponsored by chesterton or lucky it was definitely sponsored by a cigarette company so i'm sure he was pounding the cigarettes uh, during the filming of the show but that's you know hey it was what you did at the time you wanted to you take the edge off you got a chesterton right come on
0: so the producer shut it down when he died and what was interesting was at the time, he was developing a golf version of it with all of the, the golf stars of the day that obviously never came to be because he died before it was able to get off the ground. So you would have had Arnold Palmer and, and you know, uh, whoever else was around in that era, maybe like Gary Player or whoever. And I don't know what that would have been, maybe long drive or chip shots, who knows. But, you know, that would have been interesting, too. But.
1: Arnie would have been a good uh would have been a good uh <laughs> guest on that show I'm sure he would have uh, had things to say he was not a, a very quiet man uh, in those days either so
0: yeah but the but the modern home run Derby I I don't know it doesn't do anything for me I I, I just think as an event it's kind of dull I mean I I don't yeah, I just don't so find it I, I
1: there, there's a certain charm to it that I still enjoy there's a certain charm to the MLB all-star game too that I still enjoy like I will always watch yeah. the player introductions I'll always watch the first yes. couple of innings like By inning six, yeah, am I still like, oh man, here we go, the National League, you know, roaring comeback here. Like at this point, no, I don't care. But I always like the player introductions. And I think the same thing with the Home Run Derby is why. I like the player introductions. I like, you know, the beginning of it. And they, they have kind of sped it up a little bit where it's not quite as boring. As It used to be because there was a time for sure when it was like, all right, we're in like hour two of and a half. We're like hour two approaching three hours of this thing. Like, let's get going here. Let's let's go. And you can only see so many home runs. But uh, there's a certain charm to it. I don't know. It's it's the summer. It's, you know, like you said, there's nothing else on. It's it. I don't know. It's to me, I still treat it as like a, a TV event of just like, hey, I want to be home and I just want to not be doing anything that day. You know, I just want to sit on my couch yeah, and watch yeah. it. I'm not intently sitting there going, "Oh man, I hope Joey Gallo pulls it out." Like I don't care. It's just you know, it's just fun. There's nothing going on. It's the summer. You're kind of hanging. You're 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 chilling. Like it's a good thing to just have on in the background and watch. Uh, so so I will I will definitely be watching it this year.
0: I do prefer the All Star Game. It ha- because of the history, and like you, I think. You gotta watch the introductions. The player introductions are a lot of fun. You like to see who gets booed. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's and- always a classic. Yeah, where are we in LA uh, this year? We're in LA. Yeah, so I don't know. That'll be interesting to see.
0: Well, the the, the well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, which LA is it in? Uh, Dodgers. Dodgers. Uh, well, the giant players will get booed. Yeah, obviously.
1: Yeah, the Angels uh, probably not. There'll probably be enough crossover of Angels fans. Be a like, mix. no one's gonna boo Otani either. Yeah, how do you boo Otani? You can't boo Otani anyway. So,
0: no, I mean, yeah, there'll there'll be a lot of Angel fans there. You would think. So, I don't think they'll get booed. But the 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 NL West guys will get booed, and then you know, random players that are heels for whatever reason. You know, I I don't I don't have the rosters in front of me, or maybe someone who. They'll beat the Dodgers in a big game at some point. will give. It's always just fun to see who gets booed, but but at least that has some history. And there's nothing else on. And and I can, I don't know if you're quite old enough. I'm just barely old enough to remember when I was really young, when the players really cared and wanted to beat the other league. Oh no,
1: I, I I was there for the tail end of that. I would say that kind of yeah. ended. You know. 90, early nineties, yeah, early nineties, ninety three, ninety four, like that's. Uh, once you get to the obviously interleague, I think is ninety. When's when's full on interleague? Ninety seven. Time in the nineties,
2: yes. Yeah, yeah, I think it's ninety
1: seven is full on interleague. Once you have interleague, it's like they don't, no, these guys don't care anymore, and and they're you know they're bouncing around a little bit more. But no, I do remember the tail end of the nineties. I think still had a, or the tail beginning of the 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 nineties uh, uh, still had a bit uh, of that. But it's not at all like it was in the seventies or the eighties where those guys wanted oh. to kill each other. I mean.
0: Here's the thing, what we don't remember See People our age We are Even though they cared more about actually winning the game We were still also in the era Where they made sure everybody plays Like everyone gets an at-bat All the pigeons Our fathers remember the all-star game Where it was not only out for blood And they wanted to beat the other league But the starters played all nine innings like, like, Willie oh, yeah, Mays, yeah,
1: like, like, you, there were guys who just sat on the bench the whole time. They went to the all star game, and they didn't, it was play. like a real game, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, it was just managed like a real game, like the starters played, like, like the managers managed it like a real game. So, you know, and it would be like 25 man rosters, so it wasn't like the, these 40 man rosters that you have now, or whatever it is, where there's 19 backups at each position, you know, you had your starters. You had, like, five or six pitchers, and you had, like, a four-man bench, and you just played and tried to beat the other team. Now, there's obviously the famous, you know, Pete Rose running over Ray Fossey at home plate and ending Ray Fosse's career. <laughs> yeah. Like, he ran him over at home <laughs> in an plate game. in an All-Star game and ended the man's career, like, because they, they wanted to win this game so badly. Like, that era, we definitely don't remember.
1: But I no, remember no. They, they was- tried to do the fake, like, hey, this is for home field advantage in the World Series, and... Guys kind of tried, again, to care, but then very quickly they realized, like, ah, they still don't care, so uh, now I, I think it's nothing right now, right? Isn't it just kind of, let's all have fun? It's and-
0: not, there's, there's no stakes, number one, and no one really cares. They're out there just laughing, smiling. Yeah, they start,
1: they're um, micing everybody up now, like, all the players yeah, have mics on. It and They're doing the thing, too, which, which, and I'm glad, I'm glad we've gotten to this point now. I, I, I don't mind it. We've gotten to the point now, too, where they're just, like, putting guys in the game just for, you know, hey, you know, here's a... Like, let's have Albert Pujols in the game. He's retiring, so why not? You know, who cares? Like, why not have Albert Pujols in the game, let people cheer him for a little bit? I'm fine with that, too. I I like where we've gotten with the the All-Star game at this point. Because there was the weird, we have to pretend that people care about this game, even though nobody cares about it. Now they're all pretty clear that nobody cares about it. And I think that's healthier for everybody, just to to, to know what the score is going in.
0: Well, yeah, and now if it's tied and they're, and they're out of pitchers, they just end it. Like, you could end in a tie now, too. which. It was very controversial. What year was that? Like two thousand
1: and 2000? no, that was at Brewers two thousand two. I want to say two thousand two. I want to say yeah,
0: and, and the, the the managers were out of pitchers, and they went over to Bud Seeley, who <laughs> was sitting there, Commissioner.
1: The, like, one of the great memories of Bud Sealing's tenure. He looks both ways. He looks at both managers, and then just shrugs. Like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to do?
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know cuz they they make sure everyone gets in the game but then if it's tied they run out of pitchers so it's a mess but and now and and that the problem was i think that was for home field in the world series no
1: no no they did the home field then after that i believe that was oh, that, 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 that was a okay. response to the home field it was like oh the managers and the players aren't taking this serious enough they're running out of pitchers we need to make this more serious but it's like so you want me to not play everybody they're like no 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 you still have to play everybody it's like all right what are we doing here like
0: well i think what they do now is they have like an unofficial Designated pitcher who Isn't going to pitch Unless he, He's like The unofficial last guy after the last guy Okay they save. yeah like th-
1: if things get really Wild this guy comes in and does it
0: But There's still a limit to that and they will still end that Fucker in a tie because the managers of their of These guys teams don't want them throwing 80 pitches you know and then Coming back to their real teams and you can't use Them for a week so it's it's just goofy now they don't care whether they win or lose but i i'll leave it on cuz it's the summer and it's just it's what you do you watch the all-star game but let me put it to you this way: If my wife wanted to do something that night, I'm not fighting that battle. Right. That's, that's one where you say, Honey,
1: way. yes, we will go get ice cream, and you yeah. turn the TV off, and you say, "Okay, it's fine." Yeah, yeah. That's. Yeah, you can win some points. You, you, you her can. You've definitely win some points on this day if you really wanted to.
0: Yeah. Because here's the thing: they don't know you don't care.
1: <laughs> right. You're like, uh, hmm, uh, yeah, we can do it. Yeah, for an, yeah, an hour or two. It's an hour or two. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. You know. That's you
0: almost hope. You, you get roped in because <laughs> like, like it'll win, the win you a lot of points. Yeah, it'll
1: win you a ton of points down the line.
0: Because I'm going to say to her, oh, man, you know, I love the Home Run Derby. I watch <laughs> right. it every year. You know, but then I'm going to let her Julia win. Julio Rodriguez
1: might win this one. I don't know. I don't want to leave now. Yeah. It's, only, it's the semifinals. There's only an hour and 45 minutes left to go. so a
0: little fake fight right. and then just – But you know what? If you, you know, want
1: to go, we'll go.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, and then the next one you win because she remembers that she won last time. You yeah. know, So it's like like a free – Freebie there, you, but you gotta play it off for sure. I do that with a lot of sports I don't really care about because I always have the sports on, even if I don't care about it, because that's like my go-to backup, like you know, default background noise, you know. But she don't know what I'm really watching and what I'm not really watching, so you you get to play that game a lot. If oh, you're, for sure, if you're yeah. About
1: I, I always tell you, I, I'll. uh We'll go like apple picking or do something on a, a fall weekend, and I always forget when like the Bears are on a bye week or whatever. And there's so many random dudes out and like wherever you are, and you know all of them are doing the same thing where they. You know, Sunday morning, wake up, kiss their wives on the cheek and go, honey, today is your day. You know, you can do whatever you whatever you and the kids want to do. I'm in. And she's like, what about the bear? Oh, forget about the bears, honey. They play 16 games a year. You know, today is your day. And it's like, oh, dude, come on. You know, and you can see the guys, too, because they have a look on their face. You know, they did it. You know it though yeah, these are guys that did that for sure cuz they have a look about them where they're just like ah, ha 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 you know <laughs> i got a freebie here and it's i i I want them in one respect I want them to get caught but in another respect it's just it's the best way to do it it's the best play so i i, I got to tip my cap for it so
0: yeah what uh what white socks are on the team this year?
1: <laughs> uh Tim Anderson is a starter um <laughs> that might, that's all they got that's probably all they deserved no,
0: they had to get robert right
1: uh i think he was out enough that i don't know that he is actually on this roster let me uh let me double might not be.
0: i think he only has like eight homers yeah so well, he, he's he, well
1: he's got, he's got a lead, a team leading 10 joe so uh
0: let me be clear he should be on the team
1: yes i think he missed enough time where he is no longer on the team it is i believe uh, yep. Tim Anderson is the lone representative. So the the yep. Oakland Athletics have the same amount of representatives as the uh, Chicago White Sox. So gotta love it.
0: Roberts hitting two ninety six with eleven homers, eleven steals, and and fifty RBIs. He he belongs on the team. Yep. Um, center fielder too. I mean, he belongs on the team. But uh, ah, uh, you know, they gotta got do it, they
1: gotta know. do the one rep for every team thing too, which is is kind of like archaic, but.
0: I don't, you know, I gotta be honest. I, I don't mind it. You know why? Because
1: because you want to uh, see Paul you know, Blackburn out there tipping his cap to the Paul Black from the Oakland Athletics. Paul Blackburn. You know what
0: though? It's like you don't want to see that.
1: <laughs> but but Athletics I don't fans do. That. Yeah, Athletic. Well, all eight of them do.
0: Well, there's some nine-year-old kid <laughs> who's an A's fan who wants to see that. You know what I mean? If it's gonna be a dopey game that we don't care about. Just, you know, make the fans happy. Yeah, well, I I agree, because
1: if if it wasn't that way, it would just be, like, the Yankees and the Red Sox versus the Dodgers, you know, and that would get boring as hell,
0: so. Yeah, so I, I, and plus, again, I'm a traditionalist, and that's the tradition that we all grew up with. Team gets a guy. Yeah. And it's kind of fun when your team stinks to try to figure out which (laughs) guy they're going (laughs) to take.
1: (laughs) For the Athletics, they just found, like, a long reliever. They're like, ah, this guy's all right, right? (laughs) Like. Uh, it does. It does you know, make some pretty fun. I think it was a non-roster invite or something. You know, Black
0: Blackburn's. A, he's a starter, but he's. Uh, he 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 has cooled off recently, um, so his numbers aren't going to look so hot when he actually gets there. But he he started the season off yeah, uh, yeah, very yeah. well. Um, but but yeah, that's a you know. It, it's sometimes they really got to scrape the bottom of the barrel to find a guy.
1: Who was but, it? There and, was a guy that I fun. saw earlier. Let me see who it was. I think it was the Diamondbacks guy that I legitimately was like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't think I've ever heard. Uh, Joe Mantiply. Do you know anything about Joe Mantiply? No, oh, no, no. Okay, Joe
0: Mantiply. He's a middle reliever, and he's got an ERA of like 0. .4. He's, oh, okay. Like, well-earned. All right. All right. He's well-earned. Uh, he's not a closer, but he's crushing it. Thing is, he should be the closer because Mark Melanson stinks this year. So, um, But, no, Mantiply – He's a journeyman middle reliever, uh, which is why you've never heard of him. But um, he's got some disgusting numbers, so I can understand why they, why he's the uh, lone D-back uh, representative.
1: Well, but, uh, I'll, I'll allow it then. I'll allow it. But, you know, I, I, I admit that I do enjoy the, like, especially going back in time and seeing, like, hey, who was the royal representative in 2003 or whatever? <laughs> it's like, you know, some random person yeah. you've never heard of. You're like, oh, all right. It's like, oh, they needed somebody. So they're like, yeah, oh, you want to go? And he's like, yeah, sure. I'll go. So, um. No, I, I enjoy that. It's pretty good. But uh, there you go. That is the all set. It's coming up on on Monday and Tuesday. All uh, The Home Run Derby on Monday. So Raw might, uh, might not do great ratings-wise on uh, on Monday. But we'll see. Uh, I forget what the Home Run Derby does ratings-wise. Uh, I don't know if it competes enough with it. Or... The Home Run Derby crushes it. That's what I thought, yeah.
0: Because, again, nothing else is on. So what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? What are you going to watch?
1: Right. If you're any Your sort of baseball fan. fan, you're probably watching it. If you're any sort of sports fan, you're probably watching it. If you're just kind of like, eh. Home Run Derby, you know, you're probably watching it as well. So yeah, that's not going to be good for Raw. And then uh, uh, NXT 2.0. Uh, yeah, well, it's lit. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll probably have a, a, a uh, another horrible rating against uh, the All Star Game, but that's uh, fine. That's NXT 2.0. Oh. But uh, you've been you've been a consistent 2.0 watcher. We'll get to that here in a little bit. as we plugged Flagship Patreon, you get a review. Joe's review of the the massive, gigantic, shocking shockwaves around the industry breakup of Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade. I, I couldn't believe it. You couldn't believe it. And nobody could believe it. But uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later when we plug uh, the Patreon. But uh, we got plenty to get to today. Uh, We have a lot of big-time topics to do. We are going to talk about the G1 Climax. We're going to preview it extensively, go over the nights, go over the blocks, uh, some of the oddities going on with the G1 this year, Uh, give some of our thoughts about the G1, our excitement levels, uh, percent chances of certain people winning. We'll we'll find some ways to have fun with it, but uh, we're going to talk about that uh, full, full preview of the G1 Climax, which kicks off uh, just in a few days here on the 16th, so two days from uh, this live airing uh, G1 kicks off. We're also going to talk about... Uh, Pro Wrestling Noah's Destination 2022, we talked about it last week. There is a few updates on the card, so we want to talk about that uh, real quick to see if our thoughts have kind of changed from last week. Uh, All Japan, um, well, they had the Summer Power Series show this morning, and we have a new Triple Crown champion. So we're going to talk about that, who won the Triple Crown, who he beat, uh, and some of the other stuff around that. Uh, All Out, we have an official announcement of when All Out is going to happen, where it's going to happen, as well as the entire week Uh, In the schedule, there Uh, we thought we had a big story with Raw officially moving back to TV fourteen. The PG era was going to be over, but uh, the PG era uh, will continue. We'll talk about what happened there in that story. Uh, Some some fun, interesting (laughs) wrinkles in that story. Uh, The Vince McMahon, some latest allegations on Vince McMahon. We got a lot of those on Friday. We recorded obviously, or we do our live show on Thursday nights, Friday afternoon or so. We got a few more allegations. Uh, There, nothing new has sprouted up since that, but we're going to at least touch on uh, some of the ones there, uh, some of our thoughts on those allegations. Uh, And then uh, I guess we'll start with this. It's probably the best way to start. Uh, The Sasha Banks post WWE appearances as well as January 1st and the day and why that day is is important. But I do want to also let people know that this live flagship you can call into and we will let you know when we are going to take calls. But if you've never been around for a live flagship where we take calls, let me explain this real quick to how you do this. So, okay, you're listening live right now. If you're listening live right now, good. You're a $10 subscriber at flagshippatreon.com. You're all set. You're good to go. Uh, What you also want to do is become a member of the Voice Wrestling Discord. I know most people that are $10 subscribers, a good majority of them are on Discord as well. If you're not, this is a good time to do it. You want to be a member of the Voice Wrestling Discord. And then what you want to do is when we say that we are going to take calls, we'll we'll, we'll say, hey, you know, we're, we'll talk about this and, and get your thoughts on it. When we say we want to do that, all you have to do is go to the Discord and hang out in the Flagship Superfans Q&A Hold Room. It's a voice channel all the way at the bottom of Discord. It's called Flagship Superfans Q&A Hold Room. And you stay there, and when, you're, uh, or when we're ready to get you, we will drag you from the Hold Room into the main room. I will give you a few seconds to connect. And then we will say hello, blah, 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 whatever your username is. And then we are off and running with uh, the call. And please make sure that when we do say, hey, blah, 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 you're on the air, uh, that you mute uh, the flagship stream so we do not get feedback as well. And especially not delayed uh, feedback as well because that would be awful and it sounds terrible and it's not fun for anybody. So we will let you know when we are going to take calls. We, we have some spots later in the show uh, where we did want to have calls, but we will say, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're going to take calls on this topic. And that is when you're going to want to jump into that hold room. Uh, and then we'll drag you on there, and then you, uh, you'll you talk. So we'll mostly, uh, we're not going to do, like, random Q&A. We don't need you to say, hey, who are your 10 favorite wrestlers of all time? Like, we're going to say, hey, we're talking about All Japan. What are your thoughts on All Japan? Hey, we're talking about the G1 Climax. What are your thoughts? Like, we want specific stuff. Maybe later in the show, if we got some time, we'll do, you know, generic Q&A. But uh, for the most part, uh, tonight, it is just going to be... Uh, Q&As on the actual topics at hand, or at least calls on the topics at hand. So again, uh, FlagshipPatreon.com, be a $10 subscriber, be a member of the Discord, uh, and then go to Flagship superfans and a Room, uh, and then you will be put on the air. So, all right. Let's talk about Sasha Banks' show. Uh, we have some new updates for her. We do know her first WWE appearance, or at least... First public appearance since walking out on the May 16th Raw is going to be at the C2E2 show in Chicago next month. She'll be there August 6th and August 7th to, uh, signing autographs, doing a booth, doing all that sort of stuff. I, I've, I've been to C2E2s uh, in the past. I might find myself at this one again. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a comic convention, entertainment convention. Um, pretty big deal, apparently. I don't know if you saw. Did you see the number that she is apparently asking for? Which, good for her, getting that number. I believe I saw $30,000 for an appearance. So...
0: Not only that, I think she's charging ninety bucks for the for to for the meet and greet. They also charging like thirty.
1: Hey. If no one's in her line, then she, she priced herself out. But uh, I bet that line will be pretty, pretty long, so good for her.
0: Well, if she's getting thirty grand off the top, I'd hope no one was in my line. Like, like, I, right. I would... Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, I would... That would be a bonus to me. Like, I get 30 grand and I don't have to meet all of these mutants. You know what I mean? So, it's like, that's the best of both worlds. Or they're paying you 90 bucks a pop, which isn't bad either.
1: I was going to say, or you get 30 grand and a bunch of people pay you 90 bucks a pop to say, Hey, uh, what's going on with you? And uh, she goes, Oh, you never know. You know, you know I think, Okay, thank you. And they walk away. So, can you sign my yeah. belt? Sure. You know, I... I that's kind of a good gig too. I think you could I could make do with that gig too. Getting thirty k uh, up front and then ninety a pop for these weirdos to sign their their, their belts. So I don't know. I think I'm down with that. Yeah. But uh, good for her for sure. But uh, we also got this from Fightful Select said that wrestling promoters have reached out to Banks, and uh, this is I think the more interesting part of this entire discussion, uh, and have been told that she can't make wrestling appearances until. January 1st. Now, what do we make of that? And I don't know that anybody else has officially been able to. I just saw that in Fightful Select. I don't know if anybody else has confirmed that or that's what they heard or any promoter said, yeah, yeah, that's what I've been told. But, you know, I trust Fightful Select. I think there's probably a reason why they, you know, had that report and, and, and sent that report out. So I don't know. What do you make of that? Where where, do, where does that put this timeline? January 1st was a very strange date that I don't think we talked about it last week of like what dates would she be available? Would it be this date or would she be able to do all that? Would she be able to do Arthur Ashe or whatever? January 1st is a weird one. Is that, that a negotiated day or like what, what do you how, what do you make of that January 1st date that we that, that came up from Fightful Select?
0: Well, I think you're burying the lead here. I think that means that she has, in fact, been released. Because why would she tell people she's available at all if she was still under WWE contract? Yeah. So she's obviously been released or has some sort of deal where she's going to be released or something. And, you know, she's choosing not to get back into the ring or take pro wrestling bookings until next year. She's going to chill out for six months. It's really not a lot of time. I mean, we're halfway through July. So it's not like January 1st is... You know, a million years from now. So, you know, she's probably got some kind of non-compete to begin with. So she probably can't even legally wrestle or negotiate a new contract with anybody until August or September or or, or whatever. And then from there, you're really just looking at a couple of months before January rolls around. So what's she going to do? She's going to take 30K to do these dopey conventions. She's going to charge people 90 bucks to take an uncomfortable picture with her. And she's just going to hang out and let her body heal, and then in January, you know, we're raring to go, you know? So I, I understand it, but I think what this tells us is she's free.
1: Yeah, so the quote is that she is only taking non-wrestling-related bookings until January 1st. So, yeah, I, that's kind of the same thing I'd get out of that. It. I, it the only weird thing would be is she just doing another kind of hiatus, which is something that has happened with her before, where she did the 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 hiatus, she went away, she went to Japan to train and that sort of stuff, uh, and then came back. But this is this all seems a little more different than that. This seems like it's got a little bit more uh, to it. Obviously, because we know about the walkout, we know about some of the other stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's. I guess it is, does mean she's done, but it's just, yeah, it, it is kind of surprising that neither side will just say it. You, you know, it has to be through these weird back channels of, of, of promoters reaching out to her, and I'm only taking non-wrestling bookings till January 1st. I don't know, I just wish we'd get, like, <laughs> Sasha Banks' release from her contract. Like, it, it just seems like an easy way to do this, but I don't know, it, it's strange.
0: But here's the thing, if if it was... She's going back to WWE on January 1st. She wouldn't be telling people, I'm only taking non-wrestling bookings until January 1st. Okay, I'm seeing it as on January 1st, I'm taking all bookings. You're, you're reading it as on January I'm, I'm not taking any more bookings uh, once January first comes, is that what you're trying to say? Sort of. Like yeah. Saying- like
1: I, I think that there's there's the wording in that is interesting. And I don't know if maybe we're, I'm I'm reading too much into the wording, but the idea that I'm only taking non wrestling bookings until January first is kind of a hey, don't call me. Uh, I'm only going to do C2E2s. I'm only going to do Comic Cons. I'm only going to do that sort of stuff until January first, and then I understand how you're reading it is that, and then I'm free to take any wrestling booking you want. And I'm free to you know get. That's in the how world. I'm reading it. With her though, and this has been done before with her. Like I don't, I don't know that I can one hundred percent trust that January first. Now she's okay. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm ready. To, like I don't know. I read that kind of differently in, in the sense. I, I wish. I hope it's I, your. You I hope what? it's your way. I hope it's your way. Your way is a lot cooler. My way is she just wants to kind of do her thing for six months or whatever, and then on January first. Okay, I'm back in the saddle and I got a new deal with WWE or whatever. That that's she's done that before. So that's kind of where my hesitation comes.
0: I could see where it could be read both ways. That's interesting because I naturally just assumed wrestling bookings after that. But you're right. It could mean I'm only taking bookings up until January 1st, and they're non-wrestling in nature. Right,
1: right. You you see what I mean? Like I I just think there's a different – and again, we might be reading way too much into someone that wrote a sentence and didn't really think about it or whatever and just kind of spit out a sentence, but – only taking non-wrestling related bookings until January first. I don't know
0: it does. The context around it though, changing all of their social media to their real names. Um, putting pro wrestler in their bios and <laughs> you know, like little things like that that are kind of taking shots. You have uh, Fatu out there and now, you know, you know, uh, like like uh, housewife Facebook memes of of sayings like, you know uh, that she's free now, like and all kinds of shit like that. Like the rest of the context around it tells me, Sasha's ready to get back in a ring after January first and WWE, and she's done with WWE. Mm-hmm. But like you're saying, with her, you never know because we've seen this movie before, um, and and you know maybe that's truly the only place she ever wants to be, but. Might not be up to her anymore because Vince might just be sick of her shit. At this right, point. right. I mean, the, this, this this might this be a tough
1: one to come back from. This might be a tough one to really come back from, especially it being so public and so obvious, and everybody knowing about it. And and this is more than like we've always talked about the Sasha Banks, the kind of boo boo tweets that she would put out or whatever, and the little. But now that she's also roped Naomi or you know Trinity in this as well, and like you said, they've all they all kind of changed everything, and they're all no reference to WWE in any of the marketing or whatever that that seems like we're getting a little too far away from from what what it was uh, in prior times where, where she was maybe just upset or just needed some time off or whatever this this does feel a little bit more so so i i agree i'm i'm more on your side i just think it's interesting to think about the flip side of it of just what does that it, it's it's just a strange sentence to me it doesn't read like 100% sasha's you know available for it would say sasha is available for wrestling bookings after january 1st you know what i mean like that's how i if if that was the quote i'd say well yeah so of course, she's going to be on the indie. she's doing everything. It's just the only taking non-wrestling-related bookings until January 1st. I don't know, that, that reads as strange to me, so we'll see.
0: Well, the other factor is somebody told Raj Geary she's been released. So unless you think Raj Geary is just making up a story that some lady in the company, Asha Banks, has been released and you know what would be his motivation to do that he has no motivation to just you know make up some fable that right. he was told by so that's the other factor too i mean raj giri might be awful and terrible at analyzing dynamite ratings I mean, he might be the worst pundit on Earth (laughs) when it comes to that. It's not great. But I I don't think he would make that up. No, no, no. Someone in that company, whatever that woman's name was, that people then stalked for three days because Sasha fans are out of their minds. Like, I think someone told him that. Like, I don't believe – I don't think he made that up. No, no, no. So, I mean, when you factor that in too, um, you know, maybe I'll be the one that gets burned here and and has egg on the face. But I, I think she's done. I think she's out. I think she's been released. I think now she's just, you know, like why would she? Even at this signing, she's marketing herself under her shoot name. If she was still with WWE, the Sasha Banks name is far more valuable and recognizable, right? But instead, she's doing the Mercedes Varnado or whatever, aka you know, FKA Sasha Banks. I don't know. There's too much smoke to the to the fire. This. I'm time. with you.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, if, if you see the C2E2 thing, it says uh, Mercedes Vardano or, 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 or is it Varnado? 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 I don't, I don't even know what it is exactly, but it says quote Sasha Banks, <laughs> like in quotes, yeah. and the Mandalorian. So it's yeah. it's kind of interesting there. But yeah, you're like you're saying it's it's. A step above the FKA Sasha Banks, but yeah, it's in quotes, which is a, definitely a, a strange way to go about it. So. Hey,
0: did you see that weird one a couple months ago where it was Michael Hickenbottom, FKA Shawn Michaels? Really? American
1: no, I, where was that?
0: And people were like, whoa, did he like quit or get <laughs> yeah. released and no one like it flew under the radar? There was just some one random one off appearance. And from what I understand, he's still there. I mean, I, I don't, you know. Yeah, I think still he's still
1: running company. NXT. I think he's still one of the main guys on NXT. So,
0: so that was a weird one. Maybe whatever it is he was doing wasn't company approved or something. But it, that was a strange one.
1: Yeah, and, Michael Hickenbottom. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Michael
0: S. Hickenbottom. Yeah, right? FKA Heartbreak Kid. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> with so I, I don't weird face. <laughs> You see I it? Just, I can, No, I don't see it. I can just imagine uh-huh. it with this like weird. He's just got kind of, he's got that sh- the grin on his face and his strange yeah. face now and his hair. It's all weird now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, you
0: know, man of God, Rich. He's a man of God. <laughs>
1: yes. Uh, I do wonder what the what are the stands going to do here? I, I, I we have, have we thought of the stands? Have we just have we discussed the stands? What what are they going to do? Where are they going to go? will they move on Are they are they banks for life like where where are we with the stands
0: after the stands. <laughs> um, we're going to follow her man i think you think
1: you think they're they're there for life
0: oh yeah oh yeah she goes to AEW you mean
1: uh yeah just anything that she does like are they going to follow her on the indies like are they going to like say she i mean she's going to AEW obviously well, i mean if she's, she's available she's
0: not but. She's not going to MLW to Wrestle Holiday, okay? So
1: she's... <laughs> maybe we she walked the world. Of, Joe, the world of MLW never stops. How dare you? All right, well, she wants that welterweight title. Huh? Yeah, come she
0: on, can't wait to get your hands on that.
1: Get on BN. Um, yeah, everybody dreams of being on BN at some point in their life. So
0: it's true. Um, but no, I you know if 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 she goes to AEW or if she does you know, some vanity tour for stardom or something because it's just something she wants to do yeah her fans are obviously rabid and i i do think they'll follow her anywhere which will uh you know add an interesting dose of discourse to aew conversations (laughs) on cannot uh, wait (laughs) on thursday mornings right so um no. Yeah, I, mean, I kind of hope she goes. I'll tell you now.
1: Think about it. It's not I'm kidding. Obviously, I water on uh, on on uh, AEW, but uh, yeah.
0: The added element is most of the WWE stands, the Diva stands, fucking hate Britt Baker with a passion. Yes. So a Britt Baker Sasha Banks feud, or you know, Boss Mercedes Vernado, Vernado the Boss, whatever she's gonna be. I mean, that would. Uh, that could be the thing that kills Twitter dead for good. So if you're looking for positives. Hmm, out of
1: okay. Posts, <laughs> I'm, starting, I'm starting to see.
0: Starting Rich to is see. rubbing the chin over wait there. A He's minute,
1: like, yeah, wait right, a minute. Wait a minute. We had Twitter was down for a couple hours yesterday. I was like, oh, thank God. And yeah, this yeah. could do it. Yeah. The Brit Sasha feud could do it. That that might be it. So, okay. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. But uh, no, to mean. answer your question. Yeah. They're 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 obviously going to follow her wherever she goes. They're, they're rabid fans. They're loyal fans. Um, Khan would obviously push her very well. I don't have any doubts about that. Um, you know, just I'm just thinking about Sasha Banks versus Britt Baker and the money that could draw. Sasha Banks versus Jade Cargill at some point. I mean, you no, know, that that's got dollar signs all over it. So there's a there's a lot of different ways you can go, and those would all potentially be legitimate main event matches. You know, not when Tony main events rampage with some fucking, you know, Nyla Rose match or something, and we all know it's not a real main event. I mean, like, like, yeah,
1: fide real main event. Yeah.
0: Money drawing main event matches is is what you would have on the table with that. So, um, yeah, but I guess we got to crawl before we can walk.
1: Yeah, we got and, some time. Uh, we got some time. So we'll wait. We'll wait and see if we got anything new. Uh, on this, but uh, yeah, that's that's what we got. But uh, I'll uh, I will go, Joe, I will take one for the team. I will go into the line, I will pay my $90 and say, Hey Mercedes, when are you going to AEW? And then I'm sure she will give me a very detailed answer, uh, and give me all the all the information I could possibly want about her uh, her ongoing free agency. So, um, I will do that for you, Joe, I'll do that for the listeners. So, hey. And right. she signs an eight by ten. She signs an eight by ten. You know, I paid ninety bucks. I gotta get everything you can get out of your ninety bucks, right?
0: True. You're gonna get a picture and.
1: Oh, a mark um. pick. Yeah, yeah. Gotta get a mark pick, I... right? Should I, should I do the fist like that, where we're we're both holding up the fist like that mark pick, or you know, I'm not gonna do the creepy like put your arm around the 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 women's wrestler thing. I think I'm just gonna go with the fist, right? Oh, you're not going to go with the prom, photo? the prom photo? Oh my god, the prom photo. Ugh. Oh, so oh, it's making my skin crawl just th- I close you close your eyes and don't you think of the Becky Lynch one? Yes, where that she's balling up her fists. One ever, every time I think of what's the creepiest thing I possibly think of is that one. That picture Becky Lynch looking like she wants to be anywhere else on the fucking in the galaxy. Than doing a prom photo with some weird dude. And yeah, her fists every, are all clenched. Oh my god, I hate her
0: it. Her are clenched. Her knuckles are white. Every muscle in her body is tensed. <sighs> the veins are coming out of her neck. And she's like, get this stinky man off of me. <laughs> how did that happen? It's, they just overstepped their boundaries, I guess. I don't know. And I guess they're just too polite to tell these creeps to keep their hands off. But it's, it's horrible. Yeah, Do you remember we used to make like... As a society, I don't mean me and you, but like, do you remember as a society we used to make fun of Hoverhand?
1: Like, Ooh, I don't know if I remember Hoverhand.
0: Oh, you don't know Hoverhand? Okay, so Hoverhand was a funny thing where like an awkward guy would take a picture with a hot girl and he put his arm around her, but he would hover it over her shoulder. Oh, he yeah, okay,
1: okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know that it had a name. Okay, Hoverhand. I got it.
0: It's called Hoverhand. So. You know, you'd make fun of people who did the hover hand because they weren't confident enough to actually touch a female,
1: right? <laughs> right, so right, make... right, Or the female <laughs> didn't want them to touch, which is is fair in both respects.
0: Yeah, but now it's like you you almost wish hover hand came back, right? right. Rather than these smelly dudes making these people extremely uncomfortable um, with the prom picture, like hand, like there was some like some lost charm in the hover hand now. Rather than seeing Sasha Banks or Becky Lynch look like, you know, they'd rather be dead for thirty seconds than have to endure this uh, any longer. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, I didn't know. I didn't know it was called that, but now I'm looking it up, and yeah, I I, I do know the the hover hand. Yeah, there's classic. some classic hover hands out. There's there, some good ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you go to very hover fun. hand on Google Images, there's some. There's some really, really yeah. good ones on there. But uh, yeah, I'm all aware of the hover hand. I uh, I think I know the hover hand too from uh, – what was the first part you said? The not confident enough to touch a woman part? That's uh Yeah,
0: yeah. like it's, it's a woman that you it, – yeah. it's a sign that you – you know what it is? A hover tell me hand more. Was yes, tell me more. It was the sign that you knew the woman was above your pay grade. Yes. So you were afraid to touch her. You know. But I say <laughs> bring the hover hand back. I want to bring the hover hand back, Rich, because I think it's a better option – uh you know that than than what we just described.
1: Right. Uh Griffin brought up a great point too. Remember these sunny bed photos that you could pay for a
0: picture? Alison, she Laying wanted you know, that Yes, closer. No, she
1: was paid I'm saying those people paid and said yes, I will pay you $180 to lay in a bed with you and take a picture. Which is just like that guy had to then show somebody that photo. You know what I mean? Like that dude had to say, hey look uh, do you remember Sonny? And they're like, Yeah, well look at this, you know what I mean? like pulls yeah. out his wallet and it's in his wallet or whatever. Like Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, like that I was mean... a a guy, like someone down the line was like, Hey guys, I got something to show you. They're like, What? Here you go. Like, <laughs> yeah. You jealous look, or what? Probably... <laughs> like, <laughs> like, not really, uh uh, that, that's <laughs> Sunny. That's Sunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Sunny. Oh, okay. But
0: these, but these were all the same guys who.
1: <laughs> it was only the same 10, ten guys.
0: Well, the same guy. You know, I wonder what the Venn diagram looks like. It's probably a lot of crossover, right?
1: I would. Oh, yeah. It's a circle. <laughs> it's definitely a circle. To now, I the, I guess the the interesting thing would be is is guy who takes Mark photo in bed with Sunny. Is he also a belt mutant, or is that a different group?
0: I, you know, I think the belt mutant is a cousin of the diva creeper. They're in the same family for sure. Like they're related. They, okay. They, they, they see each other at Thanksgiving. There's no question about it. But I don't think it's the same.
1: It's guy. not a one to one. It's not like a that that the guy who gets done taking the sunny you know bed photo, then rolls out of the bed. Uh, says, bye, honey, <laughs> bye, Sonny, thank you for the picture, and then grabs his roll cart full of, like, replica belts. It's not the same guy. He can't possibly do all those things in one day.
0: No, uh, I don't think it's the same guy. I think it's a different genre of, uh, of of weirdo, I think. Remember when we saw the two belt mutants almost get in a fist fight in, in New York? Yes, yeah, we, we, were,
1: we were cataloging it, doing play-by-play of the uh, the, the belt mutants. <laughs>
0: I don't think those guys are diva creeps. No, no, like, no. They're they're guys.
1: too busy waiting in line for you know forty five minutes to get you know Buff Bagwell to sign their WCW TV title or whatever. So yeah, yeah, no, I agree.
0: So uh, no, I think they're related, but they're not the same.
1: Right? The they they might plan. like. I think they respect each other's game, but they just play different games. You know what I mean? Like this guy's got to wait three hours, you know, to get Ric Flair to sign a belt. He doesn't have time to be you know doing photos with. Angelina Love or whatever. He's, he's he's busy. He's got stuff to do. So, I get it.
2: <laughs> Angelina
1: Love? <laughs> she was right there. She was right next to the Belt Mutants. I, I, you, you don't... That was... Man, the WrestleCon walkthrough. That, we should have filmed that. That was great content. We've Not gotten true. canceled many times over. But uh, yeah. Joe Rich and Rob Stryker walk around WrestleCon. And just bury wrestlers for two hours with something else, man.
0: Taking in the humanity at that event. It was just... <laughs> uh, it was... It. Do you think like, okay, so you have autograph collectors, you have belt mutants, you have all these different genres of Figure guys,
1: figure guys too, guys that get their figures signed. Figure
0: guys. Do you think in the diva Creep world that there's rare opportunities like, guys, I got a picture with the cat. I finally, after all these years, (laughs) I tracked down. I got
1: a picture with Stacey Carter, yeah.
0: Right. Like, like, do you think that's a thing? Like, like, there's some like hard to get prom picture, pre prom picture opportunities. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, compared to, like, you know, your standard issue. Like, it'd be pretty easy to get the WWE Divas because they have these events at, like, every pay per view and, and whatnot. But, uh, or maybe it's a challenge to get some of your more obscure, like to get a kimono on Leia or right, something. Right, right, to get Tori, to WWF
1: Tori, not Tori Wilson, the other Tori, you know what I mean? Like, that that's a tough one, you know? She doesn't come around all that often, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, so I think, you know, in that mm. world, is that like a thing where it's you, like. You would
1: guess it probably has to be, right? It's got to be.
0: You would think, right? Like any other hobby, except in this case you're collecting <laughs> actual humans, which makes it <laughs> right. even extra weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I got it. I got to Never forget. I got Heidi Lee Morgan. Ninety-seven. <laughs>
1: <sighs> it's my That'd prize for get. that. That'd be a good get, Heidi Lee Morgan. Yeah. That shit not. I don't know if you'd want it. Yeah. I don't
0: know if you'd want it now. But, you know, you want to get it and, like... Well, you just you want it because it it
1: like, it's rare. It's a rare. You're yeah. like, hey, look, I got... It. Do you have Heidi Lee Morgan? No, yeah, you don't.
0: I got her in 94 when she was feuding with a Alundra Blaze. It's a yeah, fantastic... You know, I, I think that that might be a thing. You know, the harder ones to get, the better.
1: I can't believe you're besmirching Heidi Lee Morgan. I don't know I don't know what she looks like these days. Come on. I'm guessing terrible. Well, not probably. Just probably a not guess. Great. Yeah, <laughs> probably not great. But, uh... Anyway, so that's is uh, that's our our uh, our look at uh, if you are one of those if you're a creepy what do you call them diva creeps you can uh, you can let us know if the uh what what, what the the going rate for a the cat Stacy Carter uh, photo is so uh, or the prom photo yeah. with Stacy <laughs> all right Griffin is in our Discord posting pictures of the Sonny guy like uh, okay so apparently Todd's autograph arena this guy who who is in the bed uh, with Sonny, and he's also in a uh, fuck chair with Sonny, believe it or not wow. Yikes. Um oof. Uh, apparently also a, a belt guy, too, and an autograph guy. So this guy covered Todd, I think, covers it all, but I think he might be a rarity. Todd's autograph arena, I think he might be a rarity.
0: You no, know, he this guy might be doing it for the bit.
1: <laughs> you think Todd's in on the joke? I don't think Todd's in on the joke.
0: Tough to tell.
1: You think a guy who watermarks his photos with Todd's autograph arena isn't
0: You know what you make a, you make a good point. I gave him way too much credit.
1: Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to dox this guy, but I did. Uh, I'm on his website now, and, and when, when he uh, when he takes pictures, he calls them my I, successes, my successes.
0: Oh, for oh God!
1: So She's I'm gonna saying. click out really. of that right now. <laughs> Never think about that ever again. All right, <laughs> Joe, what's up? does
0: that, that's not that, that doesn't count as doxing, right? He's got a public
1: website. <laughs> no, he does, he does. Yeah, he watermarks his photos. That's fine, but yeah, just I don't want to. I don't want to spend too long talking about Todd's autograph from Arena, but. Yeah. Uh, I do like the idea that when he successfully takes a picture with a celebrity, he calls it my successes. So, mm. yikes. All right. Well, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, There was one topic, we're going to have to space out these topics. Let's talk about Raw going back to TV14, Joe. Uh, Earlier today, we got a report that starting July 18th, Raw will now have a TV14 rating moving forward, so we prepared our talking points, we prepared our thoughts on the PG era coming to an end, and how Raw will finally overnight get good again because they can say shit, and they can talk about boobs again, and... Butts and they can cut penises off just like the good old days uh, when it was TV 14, but uh, do not worry. It is not going to happen. Unfortunately, uh, there was a a report earlier in the day that said the TV 14 is happening on July 18th and then a later report from many of the same sources uh, include the mat men podcast. Uh, Andrew Zarian, who said, uh, let me get the exact quote here, because he was the first one to have the official word. I says, quote, There is a memo within USA Network that went out this morning regarding WWE Raw changing to TV14 on July 18th. Apparently, that was sent out prematurely, and the day was not finalized. Now, this was uh, followed up by Sean Ross Fightful, who said, I can confirm there were mixed signals given internally about this.
0: I don't know what that means, but... Um, like, what does he confirm? You can't confirm mixed. I can confirm that.
1: that nobody knows anything. Yes.
0: <laughs> um. Okay, so it's probably happening, and and whoever told Zarian told him too soon, or or, or caught heat because it yeah, ended he was up getting he told recorded.
1: him he wasn't supposed to tell anybody yet, or yeah, that's probably the way it's.
0: So going. here's my read on this: if it is happening. To me, this is a direct response to Dynamite. Dynamite has blood and guts and blood on nearly every show, and, um, you know, mild profanity and all of this edgier content. And I don't think that doesn't mean I think that Vince McMahon is going to start rolling out the blades. Um, You never know. He's been that hypocritical before. But I do think. If their prime competition for these television contracts is going to have any kind of edge on them, meaning, you know, slightly edgier content, then if they can, you know, get it past their own sponsors and sort of, um, you know, rub down their own content and make it a little edgier to, to compete in that same way, then I, I, I this feels to me like a direct response to Dynamite. Do you think I'm way off with that or uh, no, know, why think, else would this
1: No, there's got to be something. There's got to be something because you know why would they do? And and for people that don't know about the whole history of the PG TV 14 thing or whatever. I mean, it, it's it's a lot to do about nothing. I mean, it, it's it's something that you know, it is is not full. It doesn't mean as much as people like to think it means. Like a lot of people attribute, oh well, the Attitude Era when I was watching wrestling was really good because it was fourteen, and now that it's PG, it sucks. I get that all the time from you know my friends that I was, you know, my high school friends or whatever. They go, oh, you still watch wrestling? I say, oh yeah, it's not good anymore. You know, I heard it's TV PG or whatever, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't mean, I mean it doesn't mean it has to be bad. Like it's bad because it's bad. It's not bad because it's TV PG. Like a lot of people attribute it to being it was only good because of TV fourteen. No, it was. I mean, there was a lot of dumb shit that they did. Because it was TV fourteen does not necessarily make it you know good or bad or, or whatever, but um, you know it, it largely changed the TVPG as a result of advertisers. You know, Mattel was probably the biggest driver in telling Dora and telling Vince McMahon, like, look, we're going to invest a lot of money in you guys, but we're not going to do it if you're going to be a sleazy product. We're not going to do it if you're going to have you know you know this. Be TV. There, there was some a certain prestige about being a, a TV PG over being TV fourteen, and it was arguably the, one of the best decisions that company ever made business wise because then it opened them up to a bunch of new advertisers. Then NBC Universal was able to open them up to a bunch of new advertisers. They were able to get you know better TV deals. It was supposed to it was to to their tremendous benefit to go to PG. And even if it didn't mean a whole lot, even if it really wasn't a, a, a complete shift in what they did in, in in the products, and it really was you know over time they did shift in in what they were doing. You know, over the 2000s and then obviously into the late 2000s, early 2010s, they very, very much got rid of the the, the, the TNA and, and some of the other uh, aspects of this and went full on like quote-unquote PG or, or kid-friendly or whatever. But, you know, it, it's – what I find this story is – and I'm with you because there's no financial reason to go to TV14. There is no – real reason whatsoever why raw would need to be tv 14 anymore there's no reason they need to be more sleazy there's there's no financial or business reason why they have to do that but like you're saying, perhaps they look across the dial or perhaps they look at AEW and say, hey, look, those guys are able to do this. Those guys are able to do this. These guys are able to do that. It was, and it's not uncommon from, if, if you followed during the Monday Night Wars, Eric Bischoff would get very angry all the time, even at the time. Like, he gets angry about it nowadays, you know, because he likes, you know, just kind of figure out any excuse he could possibly come up with for why he failed. But even at the time, he would say, one of the things that we aren't, we aren't allowed to do what, WWF is doing because they're able to do this. Whereas I can't get stuff to get past standards and practices. I can't do the stuff that WWF does. I can't do the raunchy stuff that WWF does. And he would internalize that by saying, well, you know what? Who cares? Because they're going to lose advertisers. It's really dumb. You know, they're, they're going to, you know, people aren't going to want to watch Blood. People aren't going to want to watch TNA. People aren't going to want to watch that stuff. It didn't happen. People started saying, you know what? Yeah, we do want to watch The Blood. We do want to watch the TNA. We do want to watch all that sort of stuff. And it ended up being a big part of what made WWE successful. I mean, there was a lot of other things that made WWE successful, but it was a big part of it as well, is that they were able to be a little raunchy. They were able to take things up uh, a notch. They were able to copy some of the stuff that ECW did uh, and and do that. So I'm with you that there's there's a weird thing here where I think business-wise this isn't a good move, but I do think internally they maybe think, to compete on the level with AEW, we do need to maybe be able to have the ability to, to, to stretch things a little bit more and have blood and swear every so often and be able to be a, a edgy to a point, maybe not full-on sleazy like they were before, but at least be able to push up against that edge a little bit where they can't do when they're TVPG.
0: But if they see the level of advertisers that AEW and UFC are getting with the blood... You know, they're going to TV fourteen. They're not going to TVR. You know it's not like we're we're you know dialing this all the way up to adult programming. you know, and and maybe they're looking at this saying, hey, this isn't hurting aew's advertisers. They're getting high class advertisers. This isn't hurting UFC. So maybe, you know enough time has passed to where the game has changed again. And maybe you can roll out a TV fourteen product, actually with the prestige and history that, that uh that our brand brings to television being such a, a staple of television for all these years and maybe we can get away with TV 14 now and still and not take a hit with the advertising and compete content wise with what the other uh with what the other chat with what the other show is doing because that's the one big edge obviously that that you know the big obvious edge that that AEW has is they can do more with their programming than WWE can so I, I I don't know I could be totally off base, and I I might be wrong about this. It's just
1: there there's no there's I mean there has to be a reason why they're doing this. I mean there's no there's no business reason why there's there's no meats and potatoes reason why. I mean you know what I mean like there's nothing. Everything they've been doing has been fine. Everything they've been doing business wise has been good. They're 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 getting good deals. They're getting good advertisers. They're getting great TV you know TV contracts. Like there's no reason whatsoever. This has to be a content reason, you know. There has to be a, a specific reason why uh, they want to do this, and it might simply be a. And I and, and I guess what you know. What do you think about this angle? Is it possible that someone said, "Hey, why are why are the ratings were the way they are? Why why are why are we not growing? Why is this thing not? Because I mean, the the raw ratings have not obviously been." Very great. I mean they're they're fine, they're okay, but they're not where they should be. They they should be higher. Ross should be doing better. Ross should be, you know, especially now going up into the the, the football season. We're approaching the football season very quickly here and things are gonna get a lot worse um for you know the WWE ratings. And is it possible that this is yet another okay, we're doing this now because this is gonna help things. Similar to the, you know, we we recall a couple years ago where oh, we're gonna install Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff because our ratings are not doing well, and our creatives not doing well. So we're going to install these guys, and we all knew that it was all bullshit and it was all nothing. And, and then ultimately, it was all nothing and it was all bullshit. But it's a, yet another thing to kind of say, "Oh, hey, we're we're we we understand that some things are lagging, but here's what we're doing now to change it. We are now going to go to TV 14 because we believe that gives us more of a competitive edge in the marketplace because it's more of an ability to do this, this, or this, or this, or whatever. You know, do you think that's possibly just another? Thing you can say on a conference call Or say to an investor call and say this is what we're going to do To kind of combat maybe our lagging ratings
0: Yeah I mean I, you know That that could be it too But uh, you know, there has to be a reason They're doing it so you know it, it's not Just completely random And, and, and meaningless it, it's, a re, it's, a, it's a response to something So um, You know th- That's what I was able to come up with I, it, You know so, I uh, don't know. But Vince's idea of edgier content is probably very different than Tony Khan's. That's going to be in the direction of more fart jokes and <laughs> – and
1: uh, I don't know. Is, is now and, the right time? Is right now the time when you want to be doing you know sleazy stuff? I don't uh, – well, it's Vince.
0: That, you know what? That's the word sleazy. Vince is always going to err to the side of sleeves when it comes to this. Whereas AEW is more just classic pro wrestling.
1: Right. They use TV 14 uh, so that Eddie Kingston can say shit and John Moxley can bleed all over the place.
0: Right. Where Vince is going to immediately go to the sleeves. And the the, the women's outfits are going to become, you know, much smaller, Uh, you know, the, it, it, it's a different kind of TV 14 uh, That they're going to do you know? and, and Vince always Historically has, has typically been a, Against blood So again I, I don't know if he'll go uh, You know he, he had the whole You know blood and guts rant On the investor call <laughs>
1: Which like is in hindsight now even he's more like ridiculous no. yeah.
0: But, yeah And and so I, I, you know But again he's been a hypocrite many times before So Maybe he does see all the blood on AEW TV and, and and thinks that maybe that's an edge they have in capturing the younger male audience. And maybe he does bring back some blood. I mean, I, I, it'd be hard for me to believe at this point for all the sponsor reasons and also because he always has seemed to be opposed to it. I mean, you could go back to the 90s when, you know, Bret Hart would have to... You know, all the stories of Bret Hart either, you know, blading but telling but convincing Vince it was hard way, you know, to get away with it because Vince has never really been comfortable with the, you know, didn't he send that letter to Ted Turner about self-mutilation? and
2: Uh uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: You know, so this isn't just a recent thing. He just, you know, so, um, but, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what their version of it looks like. But, you know, look, we've been talking about, how the women are presented in NXT 2.0 since they since NXT 2.0 became a thing, the diva era is coming back. I mean, I people are still in denial about this, but I mean, you know, the number one push act on NXT 2.0 is a diva era act. It's Toxic Attraction. Oh, you know? and and just look at the, the 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 types of women they're hiring there and and presenting on TV and the way that they're presenting them. So this could all be tied together too could be the symmetry between developmental and the main roster that we've been saying that they don't have anymore right like they're preparing for this you know so who knows
1: yeah i'm i'm, I'm really fascinated to see you know what what actually changes out of this what actually they do that that'll be uh, really really fun uh interesting to see it, it's it reeks of desperation i don't know why they're so desperate right now it doesn't feel like anything right now needs that desperation but i do wonder if they're getting out ahead of the football season and thinking oh crap like ratings are not I mean they they know the bloodbath is coming they know things are not going to go well in the fall with the ratings and 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 with all the other stuff going on in the company yeah I don't know it's it's um yeah it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with this but I uh, I do not think unfortunately guys I do not think raw will immediately get good overnight it's just because now it is TV 14 and and there's more boobs and people make fart jokes now and talk about their dicks I, I don't I don't know I don't know if it's gonna make raw uh, good overnight. I still think that it's going to be a horrendous, horrendous show, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I will. Uh, <laughs> I will see if I'm wrong uh, after July 18th or whenever the date actually is that they're going to do it. So PG era is potentially over very, very soon. But what is not over very soon are the allegations against Vince McMahon. Few more came up on Friday. Wall Street Journal has been doing incredible work from this uh, from the beginning discussing, uh, you know, just diving into all these allegations, all these NDAs, everything that's going on here. So this happened on Friday. Uh, We record, obviously, the flagship on Thursday. So on Friday, uh, some more stuff came out. Quote, McMahon agreed to pay more than $12 million over the past 16 years uh, to, quote, suppress allegations of sexual misconduct and infidelity in an amount far larger than previously known. So uh, I'll go bullet point by bullet point. Uh, and see what you say there. But yeah, twelve million dollars over the past sixteen years to suppress allegations of sexual misconduct and infidelity.
0: These are the new allegations that we hinted to people were coming that right. were going to involve on screen and contracted talent and you know, as opposed to uh, you know, office personnel or people that worked for him, you know, uh behind the scenes or whatnot. And and, you know, this probably Is not the end of that either. I mean, you know, I heard that there's even more, um, stories coming from the wall street journal side, uh, you know, as they get their ducks in a row and make sure they've got all their facts straight and whatnot. So, and eventually, you know, names are going to leak. I know that people were trying to do detective work and pinpoint who some of these women could have been, but, um, you know, eventually, uh, if there's enough of these women, I think, um, you know, there's a strong possibility some of them will come out and tell their story. Um, and, 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 and otherwise eventually because some of the names are known by people in, you know, inside the business. And I know, um, Dave Meltzer said that he was passed along a name or two and, um, obviously other reporters are going to be privy to some of the name. You know, eventually these things always tend to leak, um. And I think that there's more coming as well. So this is going to get worse before it gets better. This one didn't really seem to have the same kind of – oddly, even though this report was way worse than the first one in my view, it didn't seem to have the same impact. Maybe because the story is already out there. Maybe because Vince didn't grandstand and put himself – and announced that he was putting himself on SmackDown this time around. I don't know what the reason was, but for whatever reason, this – Follow-up story to me was worse, but it didn't get as negative a reaction as the... But now, I will say this. More and more of the wrestling media has now come around on Vince Needs to Yes,
1: yes. I was going to say, it, it, it didn't get picked up by the mainstream nearly as much. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of a non-story for the mainstream. I and mean, over the weekend, you barely saw anything from the mainstream media about this one, uh, whereas the first time you saw a ton. But the, all of the wrestling media finally, I think, was like, okay, this is not one person one woman one situation one thing like it did feel like the collective wrestling media all kind of said okay this is getting kind of ridiculous now it's time to uh, it's time to move on especially then the reports I think for Sean Ross Sapp uh, from Fightful said that like you know, Vince went backstage on Friday and said "fuck him." You know what I mean about the allegation. Yeah. It's just like everything that you read from the wrestling media was like, "Okay, we're done with this dude. This guy is just an absolute like. Get this guy out of this business. Get this guy out of here uh, as quickly as possible." But yeah, like you're, you know, the mainstream media, the 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 mom test. It did nothing. Nothing came out about this. I nothing. didn't hear anybody. Everybody was asking me. Everybody I knew that knew I knew about wrestling, like, was asking me about the first allegations. I didn't hear shit about these ones. And I'm like, man, there's there's smoking guns in this one that relate back to the first one that make the first one even worse. Like, you guys, nobody seemed to really care or bring it up or whatever. It was very, very strange. Yeah, I, I, I had the same thought as you. I was like, wow, this did not gain any steam in the mainstream media. And what it might take, and again, it's pro wrestling, so you never know. And I don't want this to, like, I want... The names to come out because the people want their names to be out or or, or it comes out naturally or whatever. Not, you know, dorks like Brad Shepard being like, hey, here's the person's name. Here's who did it. You know what I mean? Like, we don't want that. that. That's not good. That doesn't help anything. But putting a, a name to these allegations and putting a face to these allegations always helps, you know, really, it, it helps bring about justice more has, than usual. Yeah. Because think of, and, and a great example of this that I was thinking of over the weekend was, think of the plane ride from hell. Think of what the plane ride from hell, what people thought of that until the Dark Side of the Ring episode. Like, that was a joke. That was a ha-ha-ha. Ric Flair got on the plane and waved his dick around everybody. It was hilarious. And then these guys got in a fight, and these guys got fired, and these guys got drunk. Ha-ha-ha. And, like, the Ric Flair thing, if you watch the Ric Flair, was it the 30 for 30 or the, the HBO doc? I forget. Was it 30 for 30 or HBO? I forget who, who produced it. Was
0: either, I think it was... Wasn't it ESPN? I can't remember, but I know the one you're talking yeah,
1: about. Yeah, I think it was a 30 for 30. They had a cartoon of Ric Flair waving his dick on the plane, and it was like, ha, ha, ha. It was done as a caricature. Like, look at how silly Ric Flair is. <laughs> and then the dark side of the ring comes, and everyone's thinking, well, what more do we need to know about the plane ride from hell? We all know about it. And then it's the stewardess saying, hey, I'm the person that Ric Flair forced himself onto. And it was like, oh, okay. And the whole the worm completely turned on the, dark, the plane ride from hell because people said, holy crap, like, now I see what it did to this woman. This were this, you know, it's not just, ha, ha, ha Ric Flair waved his dick around, it was so hilarious. It's like, no, this woman, what you know, this is the pain that she's now felt from this. This is how she felt at that time. And I think that really, I mean, far be it, did it did it actually really do anything? That could be argued, I guess, because Ric Flair's about to have his last match it's gonna be a big old deal and all that sort of stuff. But like that that I believe that that did kind of change the perception of the plane ride from hell after the Dark Side of the Ring, where we put names to faces, we put faces to the allegations. And that probably will be the case here. Well, right now, it's just a bunch of people that nobody knows and a bunch of faceless people and a paralegal and a manager and a former wrestler or whatever. Nobody, but if it is, hey, I'm X and, this, and Vince McMahon did this to me, that might then maybe make people wake up a little bit more and say, ah, okay, now we know who this person is and this is how it made them feel and this is what it did to them. Okay, maybe this is a little bit more serious. It shouldn't take that, but it does for some reason
0: it becomes more interesting to the mainstream because then maybe your major news outlets want to interview this person. Right. Maybe they, you know, it, it, it completely changes the game. And like you said, it, just putting a face to the story and, and humanizing it is, it does make a difference. um, You know, so uh, because people could just relate to it more, you know? And, and it's like, if, uh, uh you know, if, if all of Harvey Weinstein's victims all remained anonymous you know i'm not saying that he'd still be making movies in hollywood but certainly the tone of his situation would have been different too but people were able to put faces and names to the horrifying stories as more and more women came out and said what this guy was doing to them and he's one of history's great monsters i mean oh, that guy's oh, just yeah. and 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 it was people who were like whoa i've seen a hundred of her movies. I've, I'm a fan of this person. I, you know, and, and it, 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 it does resonate more with people. It does resonate more with people. So, you know, and like you, I'm not advocating to, again, for, for people to go hunting down the names, but I, I, I think the names will event, some of the names will eventually come out, you know, and, and, and then, and who knows that may cause a ripple effect. One woman might say, oh, well, so-and-so was brave enough to come out and and, and, and speak on this. Well, maybe I'll tell my story right, too. Right, right. You right. know? Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, and, and not necessarily people who signed NDAs. That's the thing, too.
1: Like- right, right. The, the NDA people might not be able to, but there might be people to say, hey, you know what? This happened to me. I didn't sign any NDAs, but, you know, I've kept this quiet for for this reason or that reason or whatever, or for fear or whatever. Yeah. But now I'm ready to tell my story and, and, and comes out and says, yeah, this happened to me. And, this, and then that's when hopefully once and for all things do really start getting in motion here. And it's like, oh, OK, hold on a minute. This is this is maybe not somebody we need to have representing our company anymore.
0: You know, there there is kind of this Donald Trump element of nothing fucking ever gets this guy though, yeah, right? Like know. there is an element. I, that. This
1: weekend, I swear, I read these settlements. I taught. I, I there was a bunch of. I read it through and through. I listened to a few podcasts about it, and I was like, all right, here we go. Like this is. Once we get into the former wrestler, and I thought that was the smoking gun. When someone told us a couple weeks ago that a former wrestler was on this list of NDAs, I was like, "Yep, that's it." Once, once they know that a talent, and then especially when they detailed what the talent did and how much the talent got seven point five million dollars, seven point five million dollars. I'm thinking, well, that is got to be it. There's n- no business as usual. It's just like okay. I don't know, we got him, you know, you want to hit that we got him button, and then it just, it's like the, you know, John Oliver, you know, last week tonight, you hit the, I don't know if you were familiar with that bit or if you watched that show or whatever, but anytime, like, a crazy, you know, Trump thing would happen, he would say, oh, we got him, and then the next week he'd be like, oh, never mind, <laughs> like, he's fine.
0: Well, there's that, there's that famous tweet where it's like, oh, how's he gonna wiggle see, his way out of this
1: one, yeah, easily wiggles his way out of it, it's like, oh, well, nonetheless. <laughs> like,
0: nevertheless, yeah, yeah. Nonetheless. it's like. You know, it, 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 so there's kind of that kind of element yeah. to this. But, um, yeah. uh, I mean, he's 77 years old. I mean, you know, he, I, I I don't know. But um, there's more stories coming, and we'll see what happens there. Um, he's kind of lost. You know, after the first story hit, I think there was a decent portion of people who were like, eh, he had a consensual relationship. He didn't want anyone to know. He paid her a little hush money. You know, it's nothing we don't see in business. I think a lot of people had that attitude. Mm-hmm. I mean, I heard, I'm not going to say the name. But I heard a someone with a very popular podcast have that take. You know, and I, I'm not shooting at the guy or, you know, I, I, because I don't think, I think he's hardly alone. I think that, that was an attitude that many people shared when the first story came out. I think when the second story came out, a lot of the people may have had that attitude or weren't particularly tint towards the first one are now said, oh, okay, this guy was clearly out of control. He got to go. This guy's, a, you, know. you know, you did see the worm turn with a lot of people uh, to where it didn't after the first story. So um, in terms of whether a third story with even more damning, uh, you know, Claims or evidence or whatever you want to call it, how that affects things. Uh, I don't know. You know what's fascinating to me, and then we can move off of this. I, 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 I am just stunned that a Friday news dump is still a thing in the internet era. How is that still a <laughs> it thing? It still is. It still is. This was. This isn't 1950. And I'm not. I'm like I. I, I acknowledge that a Friday news dump is real. I don't understand why it's real. Like made sense to me in the fucking 50s because nobody would read the papers on the weekends or whatever that adds up it doesn't add up now when everyone has a phone everyone's constantly reading news it's 24-hour news cycles why are friday news dumps still effective
1: and they work they work They still work it's so doesn't weird it makes sense yeah it, it, it is very strange but yeah this one was like friday at i don't know 11 a.m or 10 a.m or something like that and it worked because the weekend came and went and then Monday started and it's just like ah, all right business as usual let's keep moving on so uh everyone
0: is. has a relative you you rich you know someone in your life who you go to their house and either cnn or fox or whatever their news of choice is, is on 24 oh seven. yeah
1: yeah for sure seven days away. oh my <laughs> neighbor. my neighbor i mean every time i i see his tv from my my kitchen it's always on a news station always
0: Always on news. Always on
1: news. And, it, and sometimes it's, it's, news. sometimes it'll be on, a uh, like, Monday Night Football, but then it's on news after that. You know, it's news before, news after. Sometimes it's a major sport, but it's news 24-7, otherwise.
0: Yeah. So I don't know how this Friday news dump is a thing. And also, are you, what are you doing, creeping around your neighbor's window all the time? It's That's very big.
1: Weird. Look, it's a TV placement. There's nothing I could do, all right? right, I'll is show Is this you the...
0: the very, very Italian guy? Uh, yes, story you? yes,
1: yeah. Now, we don't want to dox him. No, no, but no I, I not. But yeah, I know
0: this guy's name. I know this guy's incredible. name, and yeah. it's a car. It is a cartoon Italian name. It is just <laughs> right. utterly.
1: And he's kind of a cartoon Italian too. I love it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's utterly ridiculous what this man's name yeah. is. And only he, in Chicago. Only in Chicago or New Jersey. Well, I was, was going to say
1: he's from New Jersey, so that's uh, you know not my fault. He, he's. He, it's sometimes it's on Yankees baseball too. He's a big Yanks fan, so. Oh, there you go. When I told him that they got Anthony Rizzo on the Yankees, he cuz he I broke the news to him and he you've never seen a happier adult male ever to find out that yeah. one Anthony Rizzo was now going to be on the his New York Yankees. This guy was the, the 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 happiest person you've ever seen in your life thinking, "Oh my god, Anthony Rizzo." Well, those Rizzo.
0: are his Chicago, those are his Chicago and New Jersey worlds just, yes, coming just together.
1: colliding with it was just a perfect Italian boy in Anthony Rizzo. It's just yeah. Couldn't have gotten any better. All right, real quickly, uh, the rest of the Vince stuff, and then we'll move on, uh, thankfully. Um, $7.5 million settlement, as we said, to a former WWE wrestler who Vince claimed coerced her into giving him oral sex, then demoted her and ultimately declined to renew her contract in 2005 after she resisted further sexual encounters, according to people familiar with the matter. In 2018, the wrestler negotiated a $7.5 million payment in return. For her silence, so uh, big, big settlement with that one. Uh, A WWE contractor presented the company with unsolicited nude photos of Mr. McMahon. Uh, She reported receiving from him and alleged that she had sexually hit that he had sexually harassed her on the job. Uh, So that was in a 2008 non-disclosure agreement. Okay,
0: you know why you know that why that one is important, and you got to circle that one on the fucking sheet. Nude photo thing, because that's the same allegation that the the, the tanning salon woman made. Yes,
1: yes, yes, I, yes. If you don't know about the tanning think, salon, it, it, that is, that's that's mm-hmm. a very, very big thing as well. Go back and look that up. Look up Vincent Man tanning salon if you want. I think David Bixenspan did a lot of work on that uh, a couple of years ago. But uh, that's another one that, again, never never really sticks to him. Just like, yeah, you know. But look it up. Vince Man tanning salon, and, and you'll get all the details on that. Very, very similar uh, to this one as well.
0: Yeah. The mo, I mean, because part of that was he showed that woman a nude photo of himself on his phone or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what you, so what that means is we're patterns. now establishing we patterns pattern. yeah. mm-hmm. of, of how he, you know, um, I was going to use the word attack, maybe that's not the right word to you, but of how he approaches these situations, we're now establishing patterns. Yeah. I think he got lucky with the tanning salon too because it was right before time's up, and you know if that story may might have come out after. You know the Hollywood, the Hollywood one is called Times Up, right? They, they, yeah, I
1: think yes, so. yeah, yeah. This, this one was January, early 2018, I believe. Early 2018, this one. But yeah, like you said, almost right before everything really started going nuts.
0: Maybe so. it was after Times Up. Then when was Times Up? I don't
1: remember that, exactly. That was, yeah, I don't. I, I can't. It was like
0: 2017, I think, when all that started happening.
1: Okay, so, so maybe again, I don't know. Vince just
0: how does he skate? It's incredible. Understand. I don't know.
1: This would end it's, most people. <laughs>
0: This one had a police report and everything, right? Know, it was like, it did, yes. Like, how knew, does he keep? We knew speaking? the
1: place, we knew the time, we knew the people, we knew the police report, and it didn't matter. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man.
0: You know what? I t- you know, my wife. I talked about that one with my wife because she's very interested in this story now, and now I'm teaching her like the history of Vince McMahon, oh, great and his, <laughs> and his misdeeds, and she's fascinated by it. But we we talked about the tanning salon one. What the fuck is Vince McMahon doing at a strip mall tanning salon? This man can't get a tan in the luxury hotel that he lives in, or he he doesn't own a tanning bed. Isn't that part of it weird, too?
1: Uh, it makes yeah, me a little weird. But, well, it may have been that, that, that he can do these sort of things at these tanning salons. That, it...
0: Exactly. It makes me think he's rolling up to strip mall tanning salons because he's trying to right. fucking Why
1: Why did Robert craft... Kraft have to go to a bunch of fucking, you know, rub and tug play? I mean, no, because yeah. there's. You know why? Why does fucking Deshaun Watson have to go to you yeah. know massage therapy places twenty seven times every single month? Like you know, yeah, it, it's just you know, it's it's not.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Because Deshaun Watson could just hire the most expensive professional sex worker that exists. So why is exactly right. and because this again is establishing patterns right. mm-hmm. and it tells you that something's off here, you know, because he doesn't need to go to drip mall chain tanning salon to get a tan. He's not there for the fucking tan. Anyway, you may continue.
1: Uh, a few other things here. A former manager who worked 10 years for uh, Vince McMahon allegedly initiated a sexual relationship with her and paid $1 million to keep quiet about it, according to people familiar with the deal. Uh, we did get another note as well. I don't have it in my notes uh, here, but... Uh, There was a little bit of extra stuff about the paralegal. You know, we had talked about a couple weeks ago when that first came out that you know, hey, well, you know, you could plausible deniability. They gave her a raise because she was changing a job. She was becoming, you know, John Laurinaitis' manager, whatever. Well, there was some stuff in this article uh, that alluded to the fact that maybe she wasn't, uh, you know, her credentials uh, to be one of the top paralegals in WWE maybe weren't quite there, and that maybe. You know the, the 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 background. Her law background was was lacking for somebody of her uh, of her job title and of her uh, uh, you know her salary. So that again was another very interesting wrinkle uh, about that story that made you think, ah, hmm, uh, what's going on there? So well, well,
0: didn't didn't I read that he? It turns out that he met her in the hotel or apartment. Uh, I
1: believe in the, in the in a Stanford, Connecticut uh, condo. Uh, he just happened upon right. a, uh, a, a an unemployed paralegal and then said, hey. Would you like a job with my company as a high-paid paralegal? And she said yes.
0: Right. So I think the story now is they were consensually fucking. He gives her a job that she doesn't qualify for to make it easier to fuck her, I guess. Yes. And And then all of the problems from there are the mysterious Ray's... Making her Johnny Ace's Assistant and passing her like a toy Like the email said And then she became intimidated By the situation And no longer wanted to be a part of it And then he paid her off to go away
1: Right which which then changes a little bit of the story Because before it was oh well it's a Consensual relationship and you know, yes, yeah, that's cares? not good. That's not obviously not good for power dynamics and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of it, like by the letter of the law, it's like ah, you know, you can you can kind of get by on that. And yeah, she got a raise because she got a new job or she changed to become a manager. But you know, finding out that maybe she only got there that she was hired basically to, uh, yeah, that that changes the whole different dynamic. That that's 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 a very very different thing we're talking about now. So that's again. Like you said, this should have caught more fire because it it now gives us additional information about the first story. It just never did, though. It just never seemed to gather uh, any top. more steam after that, which is very strange. Uh, and then the last note here, John Laurinaitis, oh, always John Laurinaitis here. He had been to WB Talent Relations uh, head for eight years when he was forced to step down in 2012 and take a small role at the company. Uh, his demotion, conveniently enough, came around the same time as a $1.5 million deal with the employee who alleged she had had an affair with Mr. Laurinaitis and that he demoted her after she broke it off, people familiar with the non-disclosure agreement said. So, was it a complete coincidence that he no longer was head of talent relations after an NDA was signed with an employee? Maybe, but uh, maybe not. So again, another uh, interesting thing for for Laurinaitis and and his uh, he is definitely not going to live through that. He he is already taking the fall. He's already going to be probably the biggest of the fall guys. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, what what happens next? We'll we'll be interested to see with Vince. So yeah, great stuff. Really cool. Really really cool. So we'll uh. As as you said, and as I have said, and we've this is not it. There will be plenty, plenty more um, uh, coming in the, in, in, in the next uh, weeks and months. Whether it sticks, whether it actually changes anything, we'll find out. But uh, this is not it. So, all right. That is Vince McMahon's latest allegations, Joe. Uh, we got some other stuff to talk about. We're going to do G1 here in a moment. Uh, do we want to take a minute to let people know about FlagshipPatreon.com? Uh, Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling. Because there is a lot of stuff up there right now. Yes. All right. Let's let's do that. So we have. Uh, I am rolling out the Beach Bash series, uh, a, a VOW Retro series, covering uh, Bash of the Beaches and Beach Blast shows. Those first two episodes should be up very very soon. Uh, that is me covering the main events of, of various WCW Beach Blast and Bash of the Beach shows. Uh, also going into details about the year, uh, the, some of the stuff around that year. Uh, we're gonna get really newsy here in 1994, obviously with Hulk Hogan coming in. Uh, 1996, obviously the formation of the NWO, and then Bash at the Beach 2000, of course, uh, the 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 shoot that turned into a work that then turned into a shoot that then turned into a lawsuit. So we have a plenty of stuff uh, to talk about for Bash at the Beach 2000. Uh, also on the VOW retro side, I released the first episode of 173 and One. Uh, it's my new series about Goldberg's streak. So a lot of WCW going on right now. Uh, we started off with the streak beginning. All the way up through July 6th, where Goldberg defeats Hulk Hogan to win the uh, World Heavyweight title, keep his undefeated streak alive, and then we're going to focus on what happens afterwards. And that's going to go on for a couple of months. Uh, we're going to conclude that series in December. So it's going to be a mini-series. There's big-time production on it. I got a lot of music, a lot of you know clips, a lot of audio clips. Uh, a very well-researched, very detailed research thing. So this is something that takes a little bit of time. So it's not going to be something where this series is going to be done in a month or whatever. This is going to take the uh, next four or five months to get this done. Really tell the story of what they did to Goldberg, what they did to his streak, how WWE fucked it up, and what eventually did happen uh, at the end. So I've heard a lot of really good reviews about that. So I'm excited to keep on going with that series uh, as well. But that is 173 and 1. Episode 1 uh, just got posted on the 12th. So you got that, you got Beach Bash, and then you got plenty of other stuff. Uh, on the uh, $5 and $10 tiers as well, Joe. I think you have done plenty of writing this week as well. You've been a big writer as of late.
0: Yeah, two new written TV reviews are out. I put one out on uh, Monday, and I put another out very early in the wee hours this morning. So uh, there's two fresh written TV reviews, the random TV reviews where you never know what shows you're going to get. And uh, those are both out this week. All the writing, of course, is on the $10 tier. Uh, you could expect anywhere from I'd say about three to five of those per month. It's not necessarily a once a week thing. Uh, you know, some weeks like this week, I might put out a couple. Other weeks I might put out one. other weeks I might not do one at all, but you'll get three to five of them per month. Um, it's just whatever, you know, I watch wrestling TV shows and whichever ones inspire me to to write up a review. Uh, I put it down, and, and, and I'll publish it. But uh, the Dynamite reviews are always going to stay on the Thursday TV reviews in audio form. So these will uh, never involve Dynamite. Um, that, that's always going to be a, an audio review on the Thursday TV reviews. But all of the other television shows, WWE, AEW, MLW, NWA, uh, even deeper than that, um, you know, anything that airs, Impact, uh, you never know what's going to pop up. And, uh, there's two new ones up this week. I did review the infamous NXT 2.0 show this week with the Cora Jade turn on Roxanne Perez.
1: Hardly knew ye, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, so that was newsworthy, so I did watch and review that. It also had the, uh... Awful Lash Legend versus Indie Hartwell match that everybody's talking about. I have about. heard
1: that that is uh, now, now. I've heard a lot of people say that it's one of the worst <laughs> matches they've ever seen. Would you sit? Would you put it on that level? Is it worth? Because if it's so bad, if it's that bad, I do have to watch it. Is it? Is it bad enough that I have to watch it?
0: No, it's just the finish was really bad and funny. Um, I really didn't think the match was look. It wasn't good. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but uh, um. I've seen much worse matches this year, to be honest. It's just that the finish, well, went for like a springboard dive kind of thing. And she, she ate it. And that was clearly supposed to be the finish. So then they kind of just did like a weird reverse roll up off. It's hard to, to, the finish was atrocious and embarrassing and totally minor league, but, and the match itself, because Lash legend is awful. Like Lash legend is, and doesn't belong on TV and and everybody knows that. but um, no, I mean, someone asked me today because actually in my review, I didn't even write about that match. I spent my whole review breaking down the Cora Jade Roxanne Perez turn and you know, and the absurdity of how you know rushed it was and all of that and why I think that's bad. I didn't write about anything else on the show. So somebody asked, about the Indy um, Hartwell-Lash Legend match and whether I thought it was the worst match I've seen this year, and it isn't even close to the worst match I've seen this year. The Billy starks uh, Shazza mckenzie match from WrestleMania weekend is not only the worst match I've seen this year, it's maybe the worst match I've seen in a decade. It was one of the (laughs) worst matches I've seen in my life. Le- the Lash Legend match last night doesn't even touch
1: Okay, so it's not on Billy that Star- level. Because I, I I'm only watching if it's on no. that level. Yeah, I, I only want I'm no, not wasting ten do- minutes of my life watching a just a, a bad match. I need like embar like embarrassing to the wrestling business bad, like the Shaza, yeah, like that one was. But
0: Yeah, the Shaza Billy Starks match was comically <laughs> awful beyond description. Like it's people one are, of the worst things are, I've, I've ever seen.
1: First people were people running it back and saying, "Yeah, oh, you saw them on WrestleMania weekend. Now this match is going to happen again." It's like, "No. No, nobody wants They that. had a
0: rematch, they had a rematch in a three-way with Dark Sheik, and I reviewed that one too because I had to see if it could match the awfulness of the match from WrestleMania weekend. Um, Shazam McKenzie, okay, you've seen plenty of Lash Legend and you know how bad she is. Right, I right, think right. Shazam McK- I think Shazza McKenzie's worse. I think...
1: Well, because La- I will say this about Lash Legend. Last Legend has no idea what she's doing about wrestling, but she's at least a modicum of an athlete that she can kind of yes. make up for stuff by just knowing how to be an athlete and knowing how to kind of walk and kind of run and kind of do stuff. Uh, <laughs> Shazza...
0: This is no surprise to anyone who reads my reviews, but I, I and I'm not saying this to be mean. I think Shazam McKenzie... Is the, the worst pro wrestler on the planet who works in places where you don't expect to see horrible pro wrestlers? If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like for someone who gets, for someone who gets real bookings, I don't think there's anyone on the planet worse than Shazza McKenzie. I think she's one of the five worst pro wrestlers I've ever seen. And I'm not saying that to be mean or edgy. She's just awful. She's irredeemably awful. I mean, she should consider being a ref, maybe a manager. I don't know. She just is, it isn't for her. I mean, she just needs to find something else to do. And Lash Legend, I could see maybe improving. Shaz is like 33 and has been doing this for like 10 years.
1: Yeah, yeah. At least Lash, you can say, hey, she's on live TV. She's had like seven matches to her name. Like, it's more that she shouldn't be put in this position. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's not fair that a person that's just still learning how to wrestle is being put on na- on live national television to have wrestling matches or whatever. But yeah, it's a different animal with like someone that's in their thirties that, that are, is still regularly taking bookings and is traveling across the world for bookings. It's like, yeah, you should at some point get a little bit better, but
0: I, I mean, so no. So just to answer the, that question that I got asked, no, it's not lash legend versus Indy Hartwell. I think if it didn't have such a horrendous finish, I honestly don't even think people would be talking about it today. I don't think it's good. I, it was not good. It was a bad match, but I don't even think it would be a dis- discussion point if not for the comically awful finish. So, um, anyway, but I've got two new, uh, TV reviews up. Um, I also reviewed the AEW dark. do minu match and the thunder Rosa match from Tokyo Joshi pro. Um, so you know, I reviewed that as well. So uh, a lot of written content. You expect more. I really got the writing bug lately. I, I'm enjoying doing the writing, um, and that's all on the uh, the $10 tier. But of course, all the stuff you get every week, like the Thursday TV reviews and the live flagship on the $10 tier, and and everything else. So uh, and, and oh, so. I almost forgot. So Death Before Dishonor, you will not be around. You're going to be out of town. Yes, so, I'm
1: going to be at a beach. I'm going to be not that far, but far enough where I do not believe I'll be home uh, that night to be able to watch and do the show. What is that, the 23rd? That is, Death Before Dishonor is, let me make sure I believe you are correct, but I want to make sure I have the date right. Uh, the 23rd, yes, Saturday the 23rd.
0: Okay, so there will be no live instant reaction. On the $10 tier for Death Before Dishonor. What there will be. Is an old school. $5. Instant reaction. Meaning it won't be live. It will be up. A reasonable time frame. After the show ends that night. It'll likely be solo. I don't think I'm going to bring anybody on. I think I'm going to do it myself. But you know, I might decide to bring someone on. Who knows. So there will be an instant reaction. For Death Before Dishonor. On the $5 tier, okay? So it won't be live, but there will be an instant reaction to that show. So if you're someone who subscribes for those instant reaction shows, uh, don't unsubscribe. You're going to get one for Death Before Dishonor. It just won't be. We used to do instant reaction all the time on the $5 tier. Yeah. It's only the live ones that are on the $10 tier. So I am going to do an instant reaction for Death Before Dishonor, and I have made my decision – They'll be getting daily G1 audio as well. And that is starting this weekend. There it so, is.
1: All right. The big question is if you're going to do the G1 audio or not, and you have decided, yes. yes, you are. Okay.
0: Also $5 tier for that as well. Cause that's audio. So, uh, there will be daily G1 audio. I looked at the schedule. Um, it looks manageable. Now, I can't tell you that there won't be a time or two where I combine two shows that are on back-to-back days. I can't tell you that that won't happen. But it'll never be more than two shows combined into one. And I think I'm just going to do one show for each. And maybe, you know, like usual, if you could tag in for one or two. Yeah, if yeah. If you get burnt
1: up. out and say, hey, look, I can't do night 15. I'm burnt out. I'm going to die. Uh, I, I more than yeah, happy I to fill in for one of those days. Yeah. Yeah
0: or if I got something going on or something, well, we'll, the point is you'll be getting your daily G1 audio as well, which we've been doing for, well, ever since this Patreon existed. So, um, though that will fill out the rest of the month nicely. Yeah. Okay. You're going to
1: got a lot of stuff here. TV
0: reviews. You got rich doing two things at once, two audio series at once coming out of rich written TV reviews, death before dishonor, instant reaction and daily G1 audio. So, um, you know if you don't think you're getting your money's worth in July i'm sorry we will never be able to serve you properly
1: <laughs> right, I, mean, I think you're going to get yeah, a, plenty a of, of audio for content. $5 plenty or, more for the $10 yeah, yeah you're going to get a lot of shit so yeah if, if 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 that's not enough then i think that's quite possibly literally all we can possibly <laughs> do so yeah we have plenty uh plenty of that going on so uh plenty of stuff there for you patreon.com. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. And I talked about this last week as well, but if you want the entire archive of all the retro stuff we've ever done, that is available at VOWRetro.com. That is an archive of everything we've done. Uh, It's got the Match of the Week uh, playlist. So if you just want to hit play on the uh, Joe's Match of the Week playlist, uh, you can do that. It's got every single match that's ever been on Match of the Week. It's got every retro series we've ever done. It's got every deep dive we've ever done. It's got every link to every Joe-vember we've ever done. Uh, It is the easiest way to figure out our archives and figure out what we've done before. Uh, And that is all available at VOWRetro.com com so you've got One, that, one yeah. more
0: thing too on the Patreon So this I almost forgot too If you're on the $10 tier And you're still running into $5 Posts that you do not have access to Contact us Somehow EM's on Twitter but it might take Rich a few days To get to those because he's not on Twitter all the time um, The Discord uh, Whatever it takes
1: Yeah, Patreon. Patreon's got a message system as well that Patreon
0: yeah just do it right through Patreon We can go in and fix that instantly. It'll take 30 seconds if we know exactly what post it is. A few nights ago, I I sat down at my laptop and I spent a good three, four hours going through and fixing a ton of posts so that they're accessible to every price tier. I'm not going to get into why that glitch exists, but there's some older posts that if you're on the $10 tier – and they are $5 posts, you might not be able to access them. Just let us know what they are. We got all of the major ones, I think. All of our major series, Jovember and all of Rich's stuff, I went back and did all the house calls with the nurse. I went back and did all of the Thursday TV reviews. Um, so you know, a lot of these are fixed, but you might come across – I did all the news updates. I did all of that. But you still might come across random pieces of content from before the $10 tier existed – that aren't accessible if you're on the $10 tier. Contact us, and one of us can fix that like within 30 seconds of, from us seeing the message. It's a very easy fix. We just don't know which posts are still locked for the $10 tier. I've narrowed down the time frame. It's like November 2019 to like uh, March 2020 or something like that, or November 2018, or whatever it is. But you know, there's still some that have slipped through the cracks. If you're paying the $10, you should have access to everything. Right. If there's there anything that you can't
1: board, get access to, let us know immediately because you deserve it all.
0: And we can fix it. Yeah. So if you're on that $10 tier. So uh, I just wanted to pass that along to, uh, you know, if there's something you want to listen to or read that you, for whatever reason, is still locked and you're on that $10 tier, we can get it fixed. Yep.
1: It's a, it's a very strange glitch. a very weird glitch. It, it more has to do with how Patreon's set up than anything else. But, uh, yeah, it is, it is an annoying thing. So, yeah, if you do see that. Uh, feel free to DM us on on Patreon or or whatever way you want to contact us. Let us know uh, and we'll get that fixed for you. All right, we're going to do G1, but real, real quickly, I forgot about this. Uh, Let's talk about All Out, uh, the official announcement about uh, about All Out. It is staying in Chicago. Uh, The show will be on Sunday, September 4th at the NOW Arena. So same place, the Sears Center, uh, the NOW Arena uh, in Hoffman Estates. And they'll have a bit of a residency there as well. Uh, Dynamo will be live from that arena on Wednesday, August 31st, and Rampage will be live from there on Friday, September 2nd. So you got Dynamite, Rampage, and All Out all taking place from the Now Arena in the Chicago area uh, during Labor Day weekend. So pretty much exactly like it was last year. Uh, They're sticking with the Chicago thing uh, on Labor Day. I I, I would tend to think that you can stop asking him about moving All Out out of Chicago anytime soon. I feel like it's pretty much going to be there forever now at this point, so we'll see.
0: Every ticket made available sold out instantly. Yep. Now... They've got ticket packages that are yet to go on sale, and they've got some general public tickets, but this is going to be another sellout. So, hmm.
1: um, but the out of confused posts, though. <laughs> but, but I don't know the business model. I don't know that you know that's they were you down know, I 18% get... <laughs> year over year in 18 to 40. It's, oh, Jesus Christ.
0: I always get confused about these, uh, Chicago buildings which building is this now and have they been there before I, I this can never track is
1: where all in was this is where last year's all out was is the now slash Sears Center um revolution was at the Wintrust arena that's where DePaul plays you would have right. there's no you have no reason to know about the now arena or the Sears Center other than the fact that AEW is in there I think there was a TNA pay-per-view there, I want to say, one of the bomb for Glories, but otherwise, nothing. unless you care about the Windy City Bulls of the G League, then you have no reason to know anything about the Now Arena or uh, the Sears Center. So, uh, I don't know why it exists, but it's a very close arena to my house, so I'm fine with it. It takes me like 15, 20 minutes to get there, so I have no complaints about uh, All Out uh, being there. And hey, if it's an all-time great show, uh, I can get home in about 20 minutes and we can do another uh, Instant Reaction Live, so that'll be great. And you know, I was thinking about
0: um, This fear that they can potentially burn out Chicago. I mean, we've talked about it. Other people have talked about it. I was really thinking about this, and you know, for decades upon decades, both of Vince McMahon's ran Madison Square Garden once a month, right? Yes. Um, WWE ran the Philadelphia Spectrum once a month. They ran the Cap Center in Philly once. They ran all of these major Northeastern arenas once a month. Most notably, as the Square Garden, and and you know during the Bruno era and the backland era, you know they they had that those long string of sellouts and near sellouts, and the obviously the Hogan era, the first part of the Hogan era, the first major run of of Hogan from '84 to you know '89 or '90 or whatever it was, whatever you wanted, however you want to define the the big Hogan run, um, you know the ter- the territory days. Memphis would run the Mid-South Coliseum once a week and often fill it up. I mean, they wouldn't fill it every week, uh, but they would never put, you know, 800 people in it. You know, they'd either fill it or put thousands of people in it. And that was weekly. And you could go right down the line with other territories as well and and, and talk about that. So.
1: Do we make too much yes. of them potentially <laughs> yes, of out? Of course Chicago? we do. Of I course mean, we do. Yeah, are not even the- running it monthly. No, I mean we, we get a lot of shows here, obviously, but it's like yeah, it's it's clearly a hub for this company. It's it's a big part of why this company exists because all in was was you know that and and it's an easy city to travel to, so you get a lot of out you know out of town people. But even that, if even if it's just Chicago people, it's like yeah, I don't know. It every two to three months there's an AEW show here. It's not that much of an investment and and. Sometimes people don't go, sometimes they do, but every single time they like, I, I mean, like individually, but every single time they sell pretty much every ticket they need to sell. And, and whether that's people traveling in, whether that's uh, just people locally, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think they're in any way, shape, or form anywhere close to burning it out. And also, every time they're here, it's like a very, very good show. Like if you went to last year's All Out, I doubt you're going to say, Ah, All Out's here again. Forget it. I'm not going to that. No, it wasn't like an all time great show. So, you're just gonna go to it, and hey, if you went to Forbidden Door and you're thinking, "Oh, all Outs again in Chicago," I don't think I could do that. No, it was an all-time great show, so you're just gonna go. Like, I, I I don't get that. It's just it's 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 absolutely something people make way too big of a deal out of just because they have to find something to complain about with AEW. So now that's one of the other forty-seven things is, oh, they're burning out Chicago. Oh, no, because every time they put tickets on sale in Chicago, they sell it immediately. So no, they're not burning them out.
0: Yeah, I I just I I think there might be. Too much made of that when you look at wrestling historically. And look, I know it's a different world and all that. It's not, you know, 1975, nineteen seventy-five, nineteen eighty-five, or even nineteen ninety-five anymore. And and but but really, because I think the difference is the amount of wrestling you could get on television compared to those times. But even with that said, you know, you look at Memphis; they had their weekly TV show every week. <laughs> right. Now look. They didn't have six hours of TV like WWE do and then another three hours of AEW TV and then another hour, two hours of Impact. So I get it. The counter argument would be there's so much wrestling on TV and there's so many options for wrestling. It's really not apples to apples when you had one territory in town and far less other forms of entertainment and wrestling was just what people did. But And I understand that counter. I really do. But my counter to that counter – would be that AEW isn't running Chicago every single month. They're running it a lot, but they're not running it every single month or every single week. And I don't know. I think you know. Every time they have a show, it it fucking sells yeah, it out. it sells
1: out. It's a great show, <laughs> and the crowd's hot every single time. It's it's strange. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I don't sense that <laughs> that the people of Chicago. What do you what do you what do you call people from Chicago?
1: Chicagoans.
0: I don't think Chicagoans are tiring of it yet. I don't even think we're close to them tiring of it. Rich, we haven't even seen a show trickle slowly to a sellout. No, they
1: sell out fucking immediately. They did a a pre-sale after giving what people 12 hours notice, like basically 12 hours on Dynamite. They say, oh, by the way, there's going to be a pre-sale tomorrow morning uh, for the show on September 4th. And they sold every fucking ticket on the pre-sale immediately.
0: Yeah, and I mean... And then you have, like, Dave Meltzer hand-wringing because they can't sell obstructed view seats on the secondary market. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? And also, uh, I, I don't know. It's just something I wanted to bring up when we did this little segment. But your opinion on it.
1: Yeah, it, it, it absurd. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad. <laughs> it works for me for sure. But, uh, yeah, until they start having trouble selling these tickets in Chicago, I, I don't think uh, they've, they've burnt that out. I don't think uh, – I don't think ECW burnt out the ECW arena either, but uh, yeah, I don't know. When, when, when there's red hot crowds and great shows. Um,
0: every three weeks. Yep. Three weeks. You know how I know?
1: Because you were there. I made the drive <laughs> We made the fucking drive, yes.
0: Every three weeks. And as long as the shows were good, we went. And then when the company started to tail off, we stopped going. Right. That's, you know, that's to your point. If the shows are good. Still an event, and it's, it's you know, then, then they're going to do fine. So,
3: I don't
1: know. All right. Let's now get into the G1. Uh, this is kicking off, obviously, again, Joe mentioned there that we're going to do daily audio at uh, flagshippatreon.com, patreon.com uh, slash voicesofwrestling. That'll be on the $5 tier daily reviews of the G1. That starts off on July 16th, so just in a couple of days this Saturday. Uh, block matches ra- uh, wrap up on August 16th, and the semifinals and finals are set Uh, for August 17th and August 18th in Budokan Hall. I do want to say we have extensive previews uh, of the G1 over at VoicesOfWrestling.com, both Chris Samsa and J. Michael covering it from various different angles, Chris going block by block, uh, giving you kind of a primer of the history of the G1, uh, what's at stake in this G1, how the blocks are set up, and then going block by block previews of, okay, these guys have faced each other X amount of times, here's the record against one another, uh, and some other uh, nice, fun, interesting facts in there as well. Uh, and then Jay Michael went insane with his uh, pieces, there's three pieces that you're going to have by the time uh, most of you guys are reading this. Um, a voice of wrestling preview in the G one, uh, really going into like the the, the structure change of this G one, why they made this decision, uh, some perils of this four block thing, the schedule that we're going to talk about here in a bit, uh, and then also going night by night in terms of you know what what has chances to be really good, when are the doldrums going to come, how are things going to kind of play out and and whatnot. So yeah, you really should read all those. Uh, nobody else is covering the G one like we are um, in terms of previews uh then the daily audio, I mean, nobody, I promise you, nobody will be uh, doing as much stuff and will be doing it as well uh, as we are here at flagshippatron.com and also uh, at voicesofwrestling.com as well. So again, Chris Sampson, J. Michael, all that available uh, right now on the website. Super Jcast, I should mention as well, on the Vo- uh, Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, uh, just did an entire episode devoted to the G1 this week. So all the G1 content you could possibly need. And then, hey, let's give you a little bit more now here as you and I preview the g1 so before i really get into the blocks and the schedule and all that sort of stuff what's your what are you feeling about it because i know you're kind of hemming and hawing about doing the daily audio uh, are you are you excited for this g1 are you apprehensive about this g1 are you pessimistic where, where are you at right now with just a couple days until this thing kicks off
0: the new format plays out and what i mean by that is i i not just mechanically but i want to see how the wrestlers treat the new format because I think that the wrestlers are going to see this format as a positive. If you look at the schedule, some of these guys get a lot of nights off in a row. Yes, from they the do matches.
1: Yeah. I was about to bring up and, a few of, of the interesting ones. Jay Michael. I uh, was able to find these, but yeah, there is some really, really weird ones here. Let me get the exact ones that he brought. Cause there was a couple that really shocked me. Like, I think one is like Jeff Cobb has like an 11 day layoff between uh, singles matches and, and, there's some very interesting wrinkles with this G1, but I'm still looking it up, so you can continue your point until I, I come up with those.
0: Yeah, so this is a far cry from, like, the days of the 2014 or whatever G1, where it was a 11-show, 12-night tour where you wrestled an insanely hard singles match every night, you know, and, and, and didn't have a day off. And then, um, you know, those were great from a, from a consumption standpoint because you were in and out in a week and a half. And uh, those were the days where I was writing reviews, you know. So I just wouldn't sleep for like 13 days and would just stay up all night, watch the shows on Ustream for 150 bucks for the whole package, which we thought was a discount back then. Um, we could actually call that back in the day now, yes,
1: I know right. I feel really old that uh, yeah, that is that is retro now. There's somebody listening that goes, what you paid hundred and fifty for the g one? Yes, and willingly and 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 we'd love it. It. yes, <laughs> celebrate the idea of, oh. what? We can watch the g one live, whatever you want to chart. we we would have paid six hundred dollars for that.
0: so it was um that first year where they put it on Ustream, which I don't even know if that service exists anymore. Uh, yeah,
1: I have no clue.
0: But Dragon Gate shows, individual Dragon Gate shows were on Ustream, too, in those days. Um, Wrestle 1 had their early shows on Ustream, and, you know, we would pay fifteen ninety nine for we, a, we, a We spent a, a lot turn.
1: of money on Ustream for a lot of years, so.
0: Yeah, but gladly, because it was the novelty of seeing live Japanese pro wrestling that you didn't have to wait around three weeks for someone in Japan to record it and then upload it and then whatever the fuck. So you were willing to fork out the 20 bucks for a Dragon Gate show or 120 bucks. That's what it was. It was 120 bucks for all, you know, whatever, 12 nights of the G1 or whatever that first year. And we were all like, whoa, that's like 10 bucks a show. We all paid <laughs> right, that one. <right>, yes. <laughs> okay. And this may have even predated the network. or It was right around the same time because it was right around 2014. Or 2013?
1: I think the 2013 was the... F- I, I want to say 2013 was the first G1 uh, that was available on Ustream, and that was actually a year before the network as well. Before so, the network. Yeah, so just getting live wrestling in good quality, because also at the time, if you do not remember, if you're not around, all... Wrestling streaming was fucking awful, and it never worked, and it always shut down, and you were never able to watch anything you wanted. Just an absolute fucking disaster. Not anymore. Now you had Ustream, which was usually good once you got the text out of it. Remember how, like, you would load up the video, and there was just text everywhere? There was, like, a live chat room going on in front of the video, and you're like, get the fucking shit out of here. Like, let's go. That was, or was that, that, Nico, that was, Nico Nico? Was that Nico Nico? That
0: was Nico Nico. Some of the Nico shows would have text on them. It wasn't Ustream. Ustream was a nice, clean stream that actually works. it was pretty unlike- good call. okay
1: that that I'm, I'm mixing up nico nico because yeah nico nico you'd, you'd load up and there was seven thousand lines of text everywhere and you're like what in the fuck is going on And then one by one you were able to kind of figure out because they didn't translate it either. it's not that you know nowadays you go to new japan world and they say hi you're english let's translate that for you no no no. nico nico was like figure it out on your own motherfucker just click buttons and eventually you're gonna figure it out and we did we did but uh, uh and then we walked uphill both ways in the snow so but we, we did we're able to watch those U-stream. those U-stream shows rocked I loved it. Oh god. That yeah, it
0: was it was a great time because it was so and, and and you know and New Japan was just starting to gain momentum and get hot and there was a lot of camaraderie on Twitter. It was before everybody started hating each other. <laughs> and it, you know, it was just it was a lot of fun and and you know, for a lot of people it probably sounds crazy in a you know, new Japan a post New Japan world world where it's nine ninety nine, you know, it's like ending on exchange rates less than ten bucks a month to get all this shit. 120 twenty bucks was legitimately considered a value, uh, but anyway, I'd stay up all night for thirteen nights in a row and and watch shows, write the reviews, and oh, then go to work, and then do it again. You know, uh, <laughs> next- we'll,
1: but we loved it; it was great. I I, yeah. I, I, I do pine I, for those days a little bit. Part of me does does really uh, appreciate those.
0: It's nostalgia now. It's crazy. Yeah. Like I would I would submit those reviews to you and be like, I can't see. I've been up for twenty seven hours please just edit this, because I can't... You know what I mean? And then...
1: Yeah, you would see it, like, uh, the, the tail end of your review would really start trailing off, like, you could clearly tell, like, you would fall asleep and, like, yeah. hit the space button a few too many times and stuff, so it was, it was yeah, yeah. pretty grimy days in those days, but hey, you know what, that's why we're here right now, because of the, the, the hard work you put in those days, so...
0: Yeah, but, uh so so anyway, getting back to my original point, I'm curious how the, the wrestlers, to treat this new format, It might be more apt... To go super hard in every match. Knowing they have all that downtime in between their bouts. And that they only are going to wrestle six matches total. Because these are only seven man blocks. You've just got the six matches and they're spread out. Now, some of the lower tier wrestlers. Like your Chase Owens and stuff. They wrestle a lot of back to backs. But they really took care of the top guys. In terms of the scheduling. So uh, that's what I'm curious about. And I'm curious to see. if uh, What the effort levels are going to look like. With the new format. So, uh, so I, I think that's what I'm looking forward to. I think it's an interesting new twist. You got the semifinals now, as opposed to just the finals, which is going to be uh, which is going to be fun. Which really opens up the blocks because anyone can win a block now because then you could just beat that guy in the semifinal, right? So right. you're not necessarily going to get like the four big favorites in each. You're not going to get you guarantee. You're not going to get Okada and Oh, and Will Ospreay and whoever the other guy is in the in the other block—I'm not that I can't think of—who uh, or Jay and Jay White. You know, you're going to get a couple weird block winners here. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Very long answer to a short question. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I think there's some parts that I I, I enjoy. There's some other parts that I, I I'm a little. Um, I'm just kind of curious how they play out. Like like you mentioned the gap between the the guys and and that some people are seeing as, as a potentially good thing. Some people are wondering if that's maybe going to, and, and, and J. Michael kind of talked about that in his preview. He does wonder if like, maybe you're going to lose a little bit of that. It's not going to feel like an, all right, it's G one time. It's like, let's go because you have Okada, who's going to night one. Uh, he's going to face Jeff Cobb. Then he doesn't, that's July 16th. It's going to be her, his first block day. He's then going to have a six day gap, not wrestle another singles match until July 23rd, when he wrestles Toro Yano. Then he's going to have a seven day gap, and then wrestle Bad Luck Fale on July thirty first. Then he's got. I mean, there's just like these weird giant gaps that he's going to have in his you know timeline. He, we're going to have you know seventeen days or whatever, fourteen days or whatever, where Okada's either a not wrestling anybody or b wrestling like Toru Yano and Bad Luck Fale. Like it, you know what I mean? It's going to be two weeks between major Okada matches or important Okada matches. Jay White has a lot of the similar gaps. He wrestles on night one and then doesn't wrestle again uh, until night four, which is going to be six days later. and Then not again until night nine. Uh, so it's it, it's so spread out that I, I'm i with you that I think the wrestlers are probably going to like it. And the wrestlers are going to say, hey, cool, I can kind of wrestle a little bit. But I do I do think we're going to lose a little bit of that, that grueling aspect that the G1 used to be. And yeah, it was grueling, you know, in some negative ways in terms of like people got burnt out watching it. The wrestlers got burnt out wrestling it or whatever. But with that said, it, I kind of like the idea that it was like, all right, here we go. It's the G1. Everyone's going to bring their best over the next two to three weeks. Everyone's gonna kill each other, and 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 one guy is gonna emerge as the best in the world, and the, still the best guy in, in in this company, and the guy who's gonna go to Wrestle Kingdom. Like I kind of miss that we're not gonna get that again. I understand for many reasons why we probably can't do that again, but still, part of me does wish that we had because it, it we're gonna lose that. I just feel like the the momentum isn't gonna feel. You're not gonna feel block momentum or, or wrestler yeah, momentum because there's yeah, gonna yeah. be such a huge gap between guys. Like you're gonna be bouncing around between different blocks and stuff, and you're gonna have to kind of you know decide that you want to cover every single block because hey you're really into the a block story well too fucking bad because okada's not going to wrestle for another week and a half now so you forget about him uh for a little bit now you have to focus on the c block and the d block or you know i'm I'm just throwing out block names there you you know so that's something that i don't know i i I find that i i don't know how that's going to work i think we think it'll be good for the wrestlers i think it will but also i i do i don't know it's so spread out and so you know disjointed that I don't know I, I do wonder if, if maybe we feel we're missing something when it's you know going to take a whole month and, and guys are only going to wrestle six times
0: yeah well you know this is all new for everyone so we're going to have to see it's like you're saying it's not even just okay a blocks tonight b blocks tomorrow c but no it's just a, a total mishmash of matches on a night-by-night basis with either four or five matches per night and yeah it's, it's going to be uneven there's going to be some guys that have Three matches in the can while other guys only have one match in, and and it's going to be interesting for the standings. From yeah, that there's some guys who don't right.
1: debut until night six. Like some guys that like the yeah. standings are going to be a disaster for a while because you're going to be like, whoa, that guy's like way ahead of that guy. But it's like, no, he hasn't wrestled yet. Like he doesn't have a block match for another you know five nights. So it, it's it's very weird in that sense.
0: She's going to make for great Dave Meltzer audio breaking down the 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 <laughs> yeah
1: or awesome. We're not too great either. We always make fun of Dave. Our our audio is pretty horrible in it same regards
0: cue the Benny Hill music as we try to tell you uh you know as we try to figure out how many matches that rock hard Juice Robinson has left (laughs) versus how many points he he has to win the whole
1: thing by the way I am Um, all in I apologize so much for saying this guy should have hung it up I apologize I was wrong I was wrong I was wrong Uh, I think rock hard Juice Robinson needs to win the whole G1 there I said it
0: you gotta see his uh, promo from the presser you saw it
1: it's fucking great He's, so, he's good. so good. He's so good.
0: Just, yeah. He uh, he insulted everyone, but he couldn't think of anything to say about Yoshihashi. Did you notice that? Yeah. He was well.
1: Like,
0: Yoshihashi, I'm not losing to him. <laughs> right, <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> you know, he was up all night too thinking it's, about it, and he's just like, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a bag of socks. I got like David says, yeah. the bag of socks. What do you say about a bag of socks? Like it's just a bag of socks. Did
0: you? Uh, you hear Zach Jr. He says if he wins the G1, he's not carrying around a briefcase. He's not going to Wrestle Kingdom. It's his title shot in the UK Ooh. in October or some shit. When New Japan goes to the UK, so uh, that'd be an interesting wrinkle. If uh... now, now think about that. You could work yourself into a shoot with that and convince yourself he's gonna win, and then they'll do something else for Wrestle Kingdom, right? Like and and it would make sense to give him a title shot at a major show in the UK, uh, in terms of of him being the primary draw or whatever. Uh, the other takeaway, there was a lot of takeaways from the presser. Another one was Will Ospreay and Juice Robinson is very clearly being built up as the as the match of that block, and they are facing each other on the last night, because uh, because Will specifically cut his promo on uh, on on Juice. Um, I did not see the promos from the A and B block. I only saw the promos from the C and, um, and D blocks. So, um, I I don't know what anybody said. Like I didn't see Jay White's promo. I'm sure that one, you
1: know, now that I think about it, I did not see Jay White's either. So I, I can't, uh,
0: yeah, I turned it on just as those guys were all leaving. And then they brought in the C block and the, and the D block. Um, I think it starts Saturday. I want to say Saturday. Yes, this, yep. this yep. all starts July
1: sixteenth. Uh, July sixteenth, it kicks off. Uh, first night is going to be uh, Okada versus Jeff Cobb, Sonata versus Jay White, Tanahashi versus Aaron Hernandez, and Will Ospreay versus L. Uh, Phantasma. That kicks you off on the sixteenth. I guess. Okay, uh,
0: they typically like to do a big upset.
1: Yes, I would say one. LP probably over Osprey, right?
0: Or Hanario over Tanahashi. Yeah. Or yeah.
1: right, both, possibly.
0: Those are possibilities. The other thing you have to remember though, too, is with only six matches. There's not a lot of
1: catching up to do for these guys.
0: Yeah, you can't really lose a bunch of matches and, and then advance out of the block. You almost have to go five and one or six and zero, oh, or go four and two and win a tie in a tie break. So you can't really fuck around too much with the upsets. So but they generally like to get everyone's attention on night one with a big upset. I, I think I'm going to go with Hanare.
1: Yeah. That seems like the, yeah. Cause I don't think Cobb and Okada would be seen as like a shocking upset. I think Okada loves the, I lose night one. I have to work my way back up uh story. So he'll probably do that again. But I don't think that, I don't think Cobb beating Okada would be like a shock of the shock. I think Hanare beating Tanahashi would be that. So I, I'm with you. I think that's a pretty good one too. I, I do think Phantasma and Osprey isn't an out of the realm possibility either, but yeah, um... Yeah, uh, well, and
0: Cobb Cob just went undefeated in his block. That's what I was gonna like, say. What? Like, I, yeah, that's not
1: an. I would. I don't classify that as an upset anymore. I think that's something that would yeah. probably just happen. Like, and it might. It very well might just happen. But yeah, I don't. Con- I, I'm not gonna go. Whoa! Holy crap! Wow!
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I don't know. I'm gonna go with Hanari there. I mean, I think Osprey is going to try to give El Fantasmo the match of his life, though. Uh, that that that's the match I'd have circled or a potential match of the night. Um, Cause that's just what will does. He tries yeah. to give these, oh, yeah. these guys, you know, and that, and he knows that that's an important match. And Tasmo too, you know, his debut in the G one, he's working with the heavyweights. So um, that one has a chance to be great. And you know, that also has a, sl- a chance for an upset. No doubt about it. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a really good night one that that's really good on paper. There's gonna be some nights that are that are Oof. that are
1: kind of ugly. There's some real you, ugly nights coming up. Uh, let, let me uh, well real quick. I, let, I should go over the blocks, and then we'll go over some of the other stuff uh, this weekend. Some of the shows coming up this weekend. A block uh, is Lance Archer, Bad Luck Fale, Toro Yano, Jeff Cobb, Jonah, Tom Lawler, and Okada. So there's some real lean <laughs> weeks uh, in the A block, but some some decent stuff in there too. Uh, B block is Jay White, Tomatonga, Tomaru Ishii, Taichi, Great Okan, Chase Owens, and Sonata. Uh, the C block is Naito, Saber, Kenta, Evil, Goto, Hanare, and Tanahashi. And then your D block is Osprey, Phantasmo, Robinson, Finley, Yudro Takahashi, Yoshihashi, and Shingo Takagi. So that is all of your blocks. So night two, that's going to be on Sunday. Uh Toru Yano versus Jonah, Ishii versus Taichi, Zack Seru Jr. versus Kenta. But in the D block, we have ta- uh, Shingo Takagi versus Juice Robinson. So I'm very much looking forward to Shingo versus Juice. That sounds awesome.
0: Yeah. 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 It's uh, juice is one of the guys I'm looking forward to the most here. I mean, uh, he's got the repackaging and he seems re-energized and it's crazy, but David Finley's in his first G1. I mean, that's, that's,
1: you know, <laughs> I, I saw that and I couldn't believe that
0: yeah, him and Hanari. So they're going to work real hard. Tom Lawler is going to be interesting. I don't know if you saw the videos they put out. They put out a video for each block each block has like a little theme like a block is the monster block they're calling it and and uh so so those are a lot of fun they're all about six or seven minutes each People are trying to get into the g1 watch the presser you can watch those little seven minute videos on each block where they break down the blocks um catch that
1: absolutely yes yeah.
0: Reds win the series versus the yankees yeah, yeah look at nice. that
1: yeah.
0: uh Listen, I don't have much to root for this year, so if I could take <laughs> a, take a series. series from the Yankees,
1: take a series win against one of the best teams in the league, yeah, you take that and you enjoy it. So,
0: yeah. So I, I didn't mean to uh, interrupt your thought there.
1: No, but, no, uh, no, no. You earned that. And uh, real quickly, I'll, you, I'll do. I'll do Got to
0: remember too. I got. You got to remember half the people in my phone are fucking Yankee fans too. Okay? So, <laughs> so you've
1: been hearing it all week. Yeah, it's, it's
0: kind of means something, you know. We're not going anywhere, but you know. We took the series, and we should have won last night. That one went to extra. Had no business going to extra innings. Uh, nobody cares. No one cares except for Hulkamat in the chat.
1: He's yeah, Hulkamat is cares. is. I, I could see in the note um, of the chat room. You and Hulkamat are are, are, are raging. going at it right. The Yankees Reds. Yeah, yeah who knew this? You know,
0: he's a good baseball fan. That Hulk. Oh, Hulkamatt always he, uh, has been. Always has been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, G1.
1: Yeah, Night 3. Uh, I'll just go over the nights that are going to be in, in the next week, just so you know what's coming ahead. So, Night yeah. 3, July 20th. So, again, you see that first big gap there. So, you have uh, Night 16, uh, Night 1, Night 17, or July 17 is Night 2. Then you're going to have a three-day gap to July 20th. Uh, that's going to be on Wednesday uh, for Night 3, and that's going to be Lance Archer and Bad Luck Father out of the A block. Tama Tonga and Chase Owens out of the B block. Hiroki Goto and Tetsuya Naito out of the C block. And the D block of David Finley and Yujiro Takahashi. And then... Night four uh, is on July 23rd, so that is next Saturday. So now we're already a week in uh, for Night Four, uh, and that's going to be A Block Okada versus Yano, B Block Ishi versus J White, C Block Saber versus Hanare, and D Block Yoshihashi versus Shingo Takagi. So you can kind of see the schedule right there, where you're going to get Okada on Night One, July 16th. You know, a couple days on Saturday. And you're not going to see him again in a singles match until the following Saturday. So it's just a, a very, very, very different G1 than what we're used to. Uh, and we'll see. It might work out great. It might work out weird. It might be strange. It might be, you know, not feel unbecoming of a G1. I don't know exactly. We're, we're going to find out. I do hope that the guys understand, you know, hey, it's cool that I now have a week to kind of rest my body and just go out there and bust their ass every single time and and, and have great matches. But You know, especially with this format, it's like, do we really have to live through Yano matches then? Like, if we're going to do this new format, let's let me get these joke guys out of here and just have it be good wrestlers that are having good matches. I got the Yano thing in, you know, the crazy, these guys need a break, these guys need to take a, you know, a a day off every so often, but now they're getting a week off. We don't, I don't need to wait a week and then get Okada versus Yano. You know what I mean? Like, come on.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, that Yano does have his fans, I guess. And (sighs) we have to placate no. them anymore it's we're, we're work rate nerds yeah we're work rate. it's a g1 i
1: could be i'm allowed to be a fucking work rate nerd for the g1
0: dorks listen i agree stop yelling at me i agree <laughs> I know, but people,
1: um... yeah god i'm allowed to you know like oh uh you, their bodies are gonna arrest arrested. i don't i just want them to have great matches and a wheel like kill themselves i don't care it's not my body i just want to watch great matches i don't give a shit yeah. about you know oh well it's gonna be easier for me to watch do ah, yeah don't, whatever great cool like
0: You're you're an absolute monster, sir. Yeah. You're an absolute
1: monster. (laughs) I just want, if they just worked a little less harder than the 2013 G one, if they all didn't like absolutely kill themselves that year, we might still have that format. But, uh, instead they all decided to kill themselves, uh, over the course of what, 12 days. And, and, uh, here we have now. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and they're, they're going to strategically put the big stars in the important buildings, too. That's the other
1: thing. Yeah, so I, I, I lopped off, like, the building names there. But if you look at the schedule, we have that up at com as well. You can you can definitely tell who's working what days, uh, the way things are spread out, the people that have certain gaps. Like, the way the gaps are kind of set up is, is yeah. The, the the big dudes are main eventing big buildings, and, and everybody else is main eventing the, the, the crap buildings. So
0: I'm going to tell you right now, if the relationship stays strong, you're going to see major... AEW stars in this thing next year I'm I'm telling you right now okay? Because there would have been a couple this year If not for AEW's injury woes And Tony just couldn't do it Couldn't spare anybody Right uh, But there, there's people there who want to do it And You know As part of the good faith Give and take between the two companies Tony wants to do it He just couldn't do it this year so that's going to happen. I mean, so they wanted people, New Japan wanted people this year. And I got told that from both sides. New Japan wanted more people this year, big stars. I didn't get the names, but, you know, big star, and they just couldn't do it. So um, this is going to be the format, I think, next year, too. I think you're going to get 20 the 28 man, uh, four block format again. So used to this format. Now, I can tell you. But that presser, the, not the G1 presser, but the other presser they had last week, the business uh, strategy session. Um, I think we, t- we talked about it last week, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, with yeah. Some of the...
1: Obari and, so, and Kadani were on that one, yeah, talking about some of the business.
0: So that ruffled some feathers. There were some big stars who were annoyed with that. I know that uh, Naito tweeted out some stuff, but the Naito stuff was was a work. Because he, he told the office before he put it out, either a tweet or something he said in a magazine. I can't remember what it was. Uh, no, it was in Tokyo Sports. And uh, Naito was all over Kadani, and and some of the things he said at the presser. Um, but he, like Naito does a lot of the time, he will tell the office ahead of time that he's going to shoot on the office because it fits his character. But he warns them ahead of time so he doesn't get heat. Because he just he tells them, Hey, look, I'm gonna do this, it's gonna be in character. But from what I understand it was more like on the square, like he means it, but he told them that he was gonna say it. Right, right. And and I don't know if you saw it, but today Okada
1: I did see the Okada stuff, yeah.
0: He never does this. He never does this. And I was told a few days ago that there were major stars annoyed at Kadani, a lot of things he had to say, and Okada actually put out a public tweet. Taking a shot at the office, too. Uh, You saw that one?
1: I I saw that. I don't know if I knew the whole context of what was going on. I saw I was trying to read it and figure out what it was uh, that was being said. said, But, yeah, what was he – do do you know what he was upset about or what he he took Um, on with?
0: Yeah, hold on. I have it. Um, So the translated Okada tweet was –
1: Yeah, I apologize. I, I saw the tweets came out but I didn't uh, I didn't maybe, uh, I, didn't, maybe I, didn't. I
0: don't maybe I don't have it in front of me. Hold on. Um I thought I had it in front of me but I don't. But Okada took a very nasty shot at the office. Yuji Nagata is upset with the office because Kadani criticized the training process. He wants the young lions to come through faster. And the idea was the training methods are 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 antiquated and obsolete, and a lot of it is Kadani looking at stardom, and stardom brings these girls in when they're teenagers, and then they're right, stars right. by the time they're 19, and he doesn't understand why the men's side um, can't do that, so he took a shot at the training, which insulted Nagata, and a lot of people were insulted on Nagata's behalf, because he's very well-liked, um, so there are people who are very annoyed with a lot of the things were said, you know, Kadani also made comments that the, you know, that the wrestlers, um, he said that the wrestlers work too slow and some of the in ring is old fashioned. He really went hard and said he wants to see changes.
1: Yeah. So I found a little bit of the translated quote. It was in Tokyo Sports. Uh, and and okay. he says, a foolish CEO said the fans boo New Japan matches all the time. At least yeah. I don't remember having such battles. I promise to give you all inspiration, courage, and hope. At this year's G1 Climax. So yeah, a foolish CEO said the fans boo no, no. New Japan matches. Okada never does that. No, he is company he, man through and through. That's his character is that he's company man through and through. That's The Naito character is, I'm not a company guy. They don't want me because they want that guy. They want this dude to be the dude. So yeah, that for him to say that, it, yeah, that's...
0: Even in Tokyo sports where a lot of stuff has worked, it's... It, and again, I was told before Naito and Okada made these comments that major stars were annoyed... Uh, with a lot of things Kadani had to say. They were also mad that Great um, Okan and Hiromu were the two guys at that presser with Tanahashi. Tanahashi was there pushing first of all, he's Tanahashi. That's the num- reason number one he was there. He's Hiroshi fucking Tanahashi. Number two is he's putting out a, a, a supplement, a training supplement or a protein powder or something, so he plugged that. And then they brought out Okan and Hiromu and a lot of the a, a lot of the um, the, the bigger stars, the established stars, are annoyed with that, too. And from Kadani's point of view, he's like, well... And this is what we keep telling people. If you don't think Ocon is going to be a top guy, <laughs> you're out of your mind. Get like, it, it's, with the it's, picture. It's Get even... it
1: with the program. Come on. We're telling I mean, you. Just,
0: you don't have to like him. You don't have to like him. You don't have to like it. But he's going to be a top guy, and this is more proof of that. Because Kadani is trying to move things forward with the younger stars, and he wants to see the training change and speed up and there's been a lot of resistance to that and a lot of the wrestlers have been insulted about uh a lot of the comments that were made presser. So um not good. I, I had a it's I was also told abushi I don't know if you saw the abushi tweets where he says he's starting his own promotion again with oh, the triangle God. ring. Um he's been he's he has been tweeting guys on the roster to try to recruit him, and they've all just been like What's up? <laughs> so at least the at least the ones I'm privy to him yeah yeah, yeah just they don't even reply.
1: <laughs> no, anymore. coda we don't want to wrestle in your triangle ring in your
0: yeah your but um
1: but thanks anyway
0: he's not just working on Twitter he really wants to start something up like with the triangle ring and um like he's serious you know he he talked about that years ago, but um that's back in play though, but uh, but yeah. So a little drama too in New Japan right now. Yeah,
1: I, I do uh, like uh, I, I did the uh, the Google Translate on the Tokyo Sports one. It's much more uh, a little more graphic on the Tokyo Sports Translate. The other one I did was I think a translated tweet or whatever. Uh, in the yeah. in the Google Translate, he says, "Quote somewhere the fucking owner said I'm just booing, <laughs> but I don't think the, that's the case in my fights. You can be impressed, courageous, and hopeful." I would like to show you such a battle at this G1 Climax. I like somewhere the fucking owner said. I like that more it so up. than the foolish owner. I like somewhere the fucking owner. That fucking guy over there. What an asshole. He does not know shit. Step it into this ring. I like this. Okada's a, he's a little pissy now. He's a married man. Is. He's in his 30s. He's like, fuck off, bro. You get he's in affable
0: here. Okada. Yeah, you get
1: in it, here and you do this shit.
0: But to be fair to Kidani, he, you know, he's hardly the only one who thinks the young lion system is a little antiquated. I mean, we have to be fair about it. No, no yeah. he's hardly the first person to say that these excursions need to speed up. Um, you know, so I think what he's seeing is, you know, stardom turns these people into stars, you know, before they're twenty. And New Japan, you know, they they have these guys, you know, working ringside and putting up the ring and washing people's backs and balls in the dojo. For you know a year and a half and then they send them off for another two years and you bring them back with the gimmick and then they slowly work their way up like unless it's someone who you're rocket packing then they have to slowly work their way up the card and and I think he just feels like he sees an older roster and an aging roster and he's like let's shit or get off the pot with these kids you know and um, you know and and he's he really isn't the only one who I've heard that type of criticism. Well maybe there is something to it. But, you no. Know, it's like you don't want to bury guys like Yuji Nagata. That's not going to get over with the locker room.
1: Right, right. You know, and, and I think there's probably ways to do it. And, and, and they'll probably have to come to sort of a, an agreement or a moment where everybody sits down and, and kind of says. Because I can see Yuji Nagata thinking, hey, you, you don't think I'm training these guys? Like, look at our stars. Look at all the top dudes in the company. Like, all these guys come from the system. All the guys we've trained, all, all the top dudes come from the system. Yeah, maybe does the system need to speed up a little bit? Does the system need to change a little bit? perhaps but like yeah the 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 there it's been successful it's been a successful model but maybe yeah we're not translating people into stars as quickly as stardom is we're not translating guys into stars as quickly as some other places are so i could see why maybe speeding it up is a decent idea but I think all in all, the the, the Young Lion system and the, and the training is pretty good. But yeah, do do they need to spend two years doing black trunks stuff and then a year excursion? All that? Yeah, maybe not. But yeah, I, I, I don't. I could see how Yuji Nagata could say, hey, you don't think my system is working? Well, look at all the stars here. Like, Look at this G1. Like, half the people came through this system. Half the guys are superstars. But yeah, I, 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 I get both ends of it. I get Yuji Nagata's end, and I do, of course, get Kadani's end too, that maybe we're, we're, we're wasting five to six years of these guys primes. I mean, show and yo are perfect examples of this. Once they were quote unquote ready to go, they were in their thirties already. They were what? 31 and 32. It was like, yeah. All right. Like they were ready to go, but God, they maybe missed their peak. You know, (laughs) maybe they missed the, their, their, you know, uh, 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 arguable, a couple of years that they could have really been great to that. You know, instead we had to wait and now they're, they're a lot older than you think they are. So, uh, I could see, I could see both ends of it for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, um, I'm going through my notes. Uh, the wrestlers are, were let down by the, uh, lack of crowd cheering until September too. Um, so nobody was happy about that. And, you know, there's some other little tidbits too that, uh, got some more, well, I'll save that for later, but, um, anyway anything else on this g1 or
1: uh, i don't so i uh, think uh, now might be a good time for us to let people know if they do want to call in uh you can jump on in because we're going to talk about uh, all japan and uh, noah here so i guess if you have a a topic on uh the world of japanese wrestling now would be a good time to do that so again uh, if you're listening live go onto our discord uh go to flagship superfans q a hold room uh and wait there and we will uh we'll put you in the main room when we're ready to get you we'll say hey it's blank We'll give you a few moments, and then you'll talk, and then we'll, uh, we'll we'll have a call. We'll discuss anything. So if you have anything in the world of Japanese wrestling, that is what we're going to cover uh, for the rest of this show. So don't call us and ask our, you know, if we're looking forward to MLW this weekend, because we're not. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. But uh, no, that, that'll be a good time to talk about either All Japan, New Japan, uh, G1, or uh, NOAA, because uh, that is all coming up very, very soon. So... Uh, get in that hold room uh, if you are, are uh, ready to get on there, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about all Japan and maybe we'll take a break and, and take some calls. But uh, yeah, I got nothing more on the G one. I don't know if you do. Uh, I'm very curious how everything kind of goes down. But I'm I'm going to I'm going to go in at least with with uh, an open mind on it being a, a, a good thing for everybody. And it is going to definitely. I'm not going to feel the pressure that I'm, I'm missing out on stuff because it feels like you're going to be able to catch up pretty quickly as well. So. Uh, hopefully the wrestlers treat it like, Hey, we're getting a little bit of a break so we can work our asses off a little bit more. Uh, I do also hope I have this worry cause you know, it's been a problem with new Japan in the entire clap crowd era. Uh, but I uh, hope matches don't get too, too long. Cause one of the great things about the bloated G one shows is that everybody had like 13 to 20 minutes and didn't feel the need to have a you know, 25, 35 minute match, uh, in a one. And, and that's a little bit of my concern is that we might go back to some of those sometimes. So we'll see.
0: Let's do this all Japan triple crown title Let's change?
1: Let's talk about all Japan pro wrestling, Joe Summer Power Series 2022. Uh, Jake Lee versus Suama for the triple crown. I don't even know. Did we even preview the show? We just kind of maybe briefly mentioned it real quick. We kind of thought this is going to just be a, a you know a, a bump in the road for one Jake Lee as he's finally gotten the triple crown. He's finally gotten the stamp of approval. He's ready to go. The momentum is. You know building in Cork and Hall, uh, all Japan Pro wrestling is doing some decent attendances for a while. And Jake Lee's new character hey, maybe it's gonna work now. He he lost in his first defense to Suwama, uh, Suwama's eighth Triple Crown Championship. That's three more than Misawa, Kawada, and Miyahara, five more than Kenta Kobashi, uh, as well. Suwama's eighth Triple Crown, he defeats uh, Jake Lee. Did you watch the match, Joe? I watched it right before we went on the air here but uh, you saw it. Yeah, saw it. I did. Okay. Um yeah, <laughs> not that good, right? What did you think?
0: Um I thought the match was extremely dull up until right when it started to heat up, the Voodoo Murder shenanigans began. They did my least favorite spot in wrestling where Jake Lee has the match one and at the two count, you know, Voodoo Murder yanked the referee out of out of the ring before he can count 3. I think that's the worst spot in wrestling. Um, and then the other assorted heel sort of shenanigans and then Suwama eventually wins the title but at that point the match had lost me so I I didn't think it was any kind of a great match I didn't even think it was a good match to be completely honest it was very dull for the first two thirds and then last thing I want in a triple crown title match is all of that heel nonsense so um, you know again I'm a traditionalist and look I know Masawa and Kawada aren't walking through that door okay I understand that but, um, you know, this kind of bullshit isn't for me. You know, it, it's you know, the house of torture, evil. You know, we'll talk. You know, it bothers me more when it's in, uh, you know, Japanese promotion. Right. Especially the me. triple
1: crown. And, and it wasn't like yeah. this match started. The bell rang. suwama rolls out of the ring. He immediately starts to grab a chair. And the whole match yeah. is about suwama trying to grab a chair. And the Voodoo murderers try to grab chairs. And the referee saying, no, don't grab the chair. I just want to watch Jake Lee face somebody in the ring. I just want to watch two guys fight for the fucking Triple Crown Championship. I don't think it's that much of an ask. You know, I don't think it's that much of an ask for one of the most prestigious titles in wrestling. To just be, just two guys try to fight each other to figure out who should win the title and who deserves to win the title. I I, I don't know. I feel like it's not that big of an ask. But for some people, I guess... Uh, it is, but like you said, it, it's, it was very dull at the beginning. Very, very dull. And Jake Lee isn't working like the most dynamic style either. Like, he is very slow and very methodical as well. You combine that with Suwama, yeah. who's obviously got a lot of health issues and and, and you know, just barely... Uh, hanging on there. And yeah, it's just like they decided they were just going to go bells and whistles for a large portion of the match. I mean, just so much of the match is Suwama rolling out and trying to grab a chair and a referee saying, no, you can't use a chair. And him going, oh, okay. And then going out and rolling again and grabbing a chair. And the ref saying, no, you can't grab a chair. And it was just like, all right, we get it. We got it. Voodoo murders. You're evil. Then things did pick up a little bit. It did feel like we were having an actual match. Then, like you said, Jake Lee, you know, I forget exactly his move. One, two, and then out of nowhere, the referee just stops counting. You're thinking, what the hell happened? Oh, they dragged him out of the ring. Great, 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 great. And then, you know, then it just kind of, you know, the last stretch was, you know, nothing too crazy. It was just kind of slow, methodical, and then little by little by little, you know, Suwama did a few of the belly-to-backs, did one, did another, bridged it, one, two, three, and he
0: won. You know, I will say that the crowd was hot the closing stretch. I will say that they popped for the finish. I think even the Japanese fans weren't expecting Suwama to win the title. So I think that was surprising to them. I mean, because you look big picture, you look wide lens. Yake Lee finally wins the Triple Crown. He gets injured. He has to vacate. Um, They go to their safety net and they put it on Kento Miyahara in the interim. And that's that. I mean, that totally makes sense. You no, know, for stability, you put it on the best wrestler in the company. And, and you know, then you do your, your he comes back, you do your carnival, and eventually you course correct and you get the title back on Jake Lee, right? Since you never intended for him to lose it to begin with. So you feel like, okay, they're right back on track here. The numbers in in are improving. Um, you know, Mike Spears has done great work in his newsletter, the Spears Ovation newsletter, tracking, he's got a multi-part series tracking the Cork in attendance. Uh, since the pandemic began. And one of the interesting findings was. As of late. Over the last. You know. Since May or so. With the exception of Dragon Gate. All Japan has really been the strongest company in Corrigan. And you know Corrigan's not everything. But you know they did draw almost 1400 people to that. You know, the Ota City Gym. For the for the Miyahara Jake Lee match. And the last three Corrigans were all. You know flirting with a thousand fans. Even with the distancing ticket sales which is blowing away what these other promotions are doing uh you know they did 999 fans for their last cork and they did over 900 for the carnival final they did 900 for kenny ohara versus t-hawk right there was some real momentum yeah you
1: look at the numbers and go okay they're, they're these guys are doing something right something good is happening here
0: yeah so all japan had real momentum going lately and they got the title back on the guy who you would think they originally intended to have it on because he had to vacate due to injury. And then out of nowhere, you get this Suwama thing. So to me, that's indicative of a company that doesn't have a plan. They don't know what they're doing. And they're just doing shit to do shit. Like, that's, that was my read after I watched the match and I looked at the big picture. And uh, then I sniffed around a little bit and I got a little information. And... You know, you know, so they bring in Yuji Nagata and Tiger Mask, and you know, they both work this show, and Tiger Mask is the junior champ and everything. But the Yuji Nagata Tiger Mask thing, they asked for that back in the spring, back in March, and they announced in April that Yuji Nagata would be coming in. And the idea apparently the idea all along was eventually to get the title on Suama, and then they think Suama versus Yuji Nagata is a money feud. <laughs> and you have to remember, in, you're probably the whole In, in time, what
1: before year? Before you laugh
0: at this, <laughs> this because I had the same reaction. In 2020. Okay? Well, listen, listen, you have to listen to listen. Okay. So, right. if you also recall around that time, Jake Lee started cutting promos about how he wanted to be in the G1. Remember? Yes. And that wasn't just Jake Lee going into business for himself. I've talked about this behind the paywall, we've talked about it on this show. All Japan wanted Jake Lee in the G1. They didn't want Jake Lee going into the G1 as Triple Crown Champion because they knew they couldn't politic him out of L's. They knew he was going to lose a lot. Right, right, right. So so whether Jake Lee got injured or not, he was going to lose the Triple Crown. And it was going to go to Suwama. So because they eventually want to do this Suwama-Yuji Nagata match, I think they have a Budokan coming up, if I'm not mistaken. Someone in the chat could correct that if I'm wrong. But they uh, have I'm a most big positive
1: day. they do. I, I can try to find the day for you. I, I believe that is the case. But yeah. Gerard's in there so right the now, idea. and he, he covers all Japan better than anybody. So he'll, he'll know for sure.
0: So if you're following me here, what they wanted to do was – it all makes sense now. It falls into place. They wanted to get the title off of Jake Lee, put Jake Lee in the G1. They figured Jake Lee could get some prestige <laughs> just for being part of it. Right no, no, like, no, It doesn't did, matter
1: if it was... Who told him that he was going to be in... I mean, did anybody actually from all Japan, or from New Japan say that we're going to put Jake Lee in the G1 or no?
0: That's the thing. As I reported at the time, New Japan wasn't interested. <laughs> right. That's so why maybe, he's not...
1: Maybe find out if they want him first.
0: That's why he's not in it. Because they they because didn't they don't want him. him. Yeah,
1: he's there. He's in Japan. He was willing to do it. It very strange. So why... They didn't
0: have a spot for him. It's, it's the same thing. Gleet wanted T-Hawk in it, and they weren't interested in that either. And so... Um, but New Japan did give them Nagata and Tiger Mask. And if you go back, you see you can you this all is traceable because Uji Nagata makes a tweet back in April where he announces that he's going to all Japan and he's like taking a picture with Kento Miyahara and all that. So it all adds up. So, you know, what I was told when I did a little digging, I mean, if you do if you go back and look up the clues yourself, it's all there. And that's also right around the time that Jake Lee was talking all that shit. About being in the G1. So I was wrong. I was on the right path, but I was wrong. This is a course correction. It's because they always intended to put it back on Suwama. This was the plan. And they want, I guess, the idea, because Nagata and Miyahara were in the same match on this on this Corican show. This I don't know for sure. Nobody told me this. But I feel like Nagata is going to go through Kento Miyahara. And that will set him up for a title match against Giel Voodoo Murder Suwama at Budokan. Ugh, this man. is my
2: thing.
0: <sighs> on everything I was told today, and then me putting together the clues on my own. So, Rich Cridge, your take on all of yeah, that. Yeah,
1: wow. All right. I mean, in the year of 2022, I don't know if Suwama and Yuji Nagata... Uh, as a big time money feud, and I think this is one of the issues we and we talk about this in 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 America a lot as well. Is that we've reached the point now where the nostalgia acts that we're trying to kind of do retreads of are not people that were really giant stars even in the time that they were. Like we do that with Edge all the time, where where you know Derby pretends that Edge was this gigantic huge star, but he he never really was. He never actually drew that kind of money. He never drew those kind of ratings. He wasn't that kind of star. And, you know, we said that that's, you know, one of the byproducts of not creating new stars is that eventually the nostalgia acts that you go back to are not people that were tremendously successful in the first place. And that's not always a great thing. And I'm not trying to, you know, Yuji Nagata and Suwama have certain aspects of their their careers that were very successful. But in 2022, am I really like, is that the nostalgia act I want to go for? Is that the big time money feud? Is Suwama and Yuji Nagata like I, Uj- Rich, I think what they didn't see. exactly light New Japan on fire in the early 2000s, early 2000, 22 years ago. 20 years ago is when he got his first big push. And I Suwama, agree. I mean, Suwama's good. Suama's had good runs, but I mean, fuck, the company's in shambles. You know, it's like, if he was just such a big star, it's the Muto thing. If he's this tremendous, groundbreaking, business-moving star, then why is the company in shambles?
0: I, listen, I don't disagree. I don't think Suama's a difference maker. I really don't. I, I think that what they're seeing are two things. Number one, you have to understand that this all came together in March and April. We talked about how hot all Japan is now. The last three Korakins, 986, 905, and 999 with distancing. They're beating New Japan in they're, you know Only Dragon Gate is doing better than all Japan is in Korakin right now. But if you look at what they were doing when they made this deal and they put all these pieces in motion, the the March Corrigan did two hundred and ninety six fans. I'm just giving perspective. I'm not defending right, right, it. Right. They were struggling mightily when they made the decision, and I think what they they were looking at is what Noah was doing with Muto, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then bringing in Kojima, and then. But I think with all Japan. I think they worked themselves into a shoot because then they put the title on Kento Miyahara. And then they put, and then they pushed Jake Lee and business improved
1: and they got <laughs> right. hot. They maybe, they maybe worked into something. Yeah. And that's the thing too. It's like Jake Lee was getting momentum. I mean, you could see the business there and they've did a good job building up Jake Lee over the last year. They've done a tremendous job of it. I'm not the biggest Jake Lee fan in the world. And I don't think you really are either, but they've done a good job with it. And clearly it was moving business. Business was on the way up and, and,
0: yeah. Look, the carnival final with Jake Lee in 986 fans. Now it's the carnival final. Probably would have done that with anyone. Right, you right. You can right, make right. an argument. But the next Corrigan was the Kento Miyahara T Hawk, I believe. Let me double check that. So we're, uh, the the May 29th Corrigan, the main event was. Yeah, it was Kento Miyahara and T Hawk, and that one did over nine hundred fans. And I wouldn't consider T Hawk. Look, I love T Hawk as a wrestler. Do you consider him a draw? I do not. No, no. Um, and then you know the latest, and then the the Corican prior to this one, which we'll get to in a second. The May Corkin. Uh, I'm sorry, the June Corkin. The June 12 Corkin with the six man match that had Minoru. They brought in Minoru Suzuki, and it had Kento Miyahara and Jake Lee and and Suwama. They did a six man main event. That one did basically a thousand fans, nine ninety nine. Okay, so they worked themselves into a shoot. They panicked when business cratered in the spring, and they put all these moves in motion. And then business improved before they had a chance to have these moves play out, because the Korokin this morning, where Suwama challenged Jake Lee for the title, it went down. They didn't the eight hundreds. Right. The Suwama challenge had less interest than the last than the Korokins built around Miyahara. Okay? Now, I understand they're trying to get away from Miyahara for whatever reason. Okay, Build other people. I, I don't know. But you know where I stand. He'd be my champion. Whatever reason they want to get away from Miyahara, fine. I guess they feel like, all right, look, we can't rely on this guy forever. And, and, <laughs> but But, Suama, but we're going to give Suama and he only gets his them, eighth run. Yes. He, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate with that in a second. Yeah. And I guess they figure Miyahara only gets them to a certain level, which you can – Definitely make that argument. Right,
1: yeah, and I, I, would, okay. I don't disagree with that either. I don't disagree with that.
0: And, and you know, and and the Miyahara Jake Lee match did draw fourteen hundred people when they, you know, outside of Corrigan, it did a nice little number. Okay, so the Miyahara Jake Lee stuff was starting to work, but they had these wheels in motion, and I think the thing with Suwama, it's it's in in, in now. Don't jump down my throat. Let me finish, and then you can bury it. Okay. I think their idea with Suwama this time around is it's not the same old Suwama. It's voodoo murder Suwama. Mm -hmm. And there's a hint of nostalgia to that. And there's also the idea that they think they can catch fire. This heel thing that New Japan does. And doing this nostalgia show main event. Again, this is my speculation. This part I wasn't told. I I think they're building towards heel Suwama, voodoo murder, heat, heat, heat cheat until they get to that match and then defend the title against Nagata to kind of try to mirror what Noah is doing and sort of what, what Noah has done because Noah has blown right by them. I think we'd all admit that.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: So, which go ahead and bury
1: it. Uh, I mean, what's the point? Of the, <laughs> it's all Japan at this time. Very short. I just think it's really short-sighted. And, and that's, uh, but that's kind of been Japanese wrestling over the last couple of years. It, it, a lot of stuff... I feel it's just been very 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 short-sighted in all companies and I don't know they're all kind of chasing a lot of the same things and it's like I don't know why you're chasing those things like I don't I there's just been no tangible proof that this is the way forward that this is the way to kind of move to the next generation there's no tangible way that says this is the way to get the next generation over and that's you know people will will say oh you know ah, it's not all about young wrestlers not. yes it is yes it is all of great all great successful pro wrestling has largely been built on the backs of the next generation of wrestlers taking over for for the other generation. Every you can point to it throughout all history: America, Mexico, Japan, all that sort of stuff. Yes, there is a place for nostalgia. Yes, there is a place you know for older wrestlers in there. But the the, the true way to move forward in wrestling and get to to, to really start a boom period, to start a, a success in your company, is largely built on having. You, new young wrestlers that people haven't been exposed to before, that people haven't seen before, that people haven't followed before. That is usually the way forward. And these companies are just largely seem very, very hesitant to do that and just instead want to go with what they know. Go with the old reliable. Don't take a risk. Don't try anything different. Be happy with, you know, where you're at in in, in the hierarchy right now. Be happy with where you're at uh, in, 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 you know, and, and I don't know. I just... I, I don't it, like. It's not going to put all Japan on its death's door. I don't think all Japan's going to go away anytime. But it's just there's no. I don't see the tangible benefit to going back to Suwama. I understand what they're doing. I understand yeah. that they're building towards you know Yuji Nagata. I don't think Suwama and Yuji Nagata is anything that's going to really light the world on fire. It'll be a fun little match. It'll be they're, they're okay. They're
0: banking on the voodoo. They're banking on the voodoo murder thing you Yeah, but I
1: mean, cover. God, is that?
0: And they're also and you have to remember too the last when Noah put the title on Yuji Nagata and I want to say. It was probably around 2012 when it was loaned out to Noah. They put the title on him and that was really the last time Noah drew anything for an extended period of time till the recent, uh, you know, uh, resurgence purchase under the the more stable ownership. I mean, they had the little pop. When Suzuki Gun first got there, they did okay for like six months. But, you know, before that. Nagata came in and he did move the needle but again that's a decade ago so if they're looking at that I don't know if that's even relevant anymore yeah that's it's pushing you Nagata today
1: yeah I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to put down any of those guys because I like a lot of these wrestlers that, that we're talking about here it's just yeah. I don't know that these guys are like the Mudo thing for whatever it's worth and we, we've we complained about it a lot and we've said a lot of things that the recent history of Mudo isn't great But I get it because it's still Keiji Muto. You know what I mean? Like, it's still Keiji Muto. There was was years and years and years where Noah just would never go with the next generation of guys. But they had Kenta Kobashi. You know what I mean? They had Masawa. So I get it when it's like, yeah, well, yeah, do we want to go with the next level or can we just go to Masawa again? And a lot of times they just went to Masawa again and again and again and again. They went to Kobashi again and again and again. And eventually that had an expiration point as well. And that ended up causing a lot of issues with New Japan or, or, or for Noah moving forward or whatever. And that's just my worry is that like we're, we're chasing, you know, nostalgia with Masuama and Yuji Nagata and those sort of guys. And I just don't know that there's anything. I, I, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's very frustrating seeing what the momentum that all Japan had and, and, and thinking, Hey, they're doing something right here. They built this Jake Lee thing up pretty right. And now he's just going to be swept under the rug. And again, if it was just all Japan, and it was just Jake Lee, then maybe you're not as, I'm not as frustrated, I'm not as annoyed, but we, I mean, we see the same stuff happening in Noah. you know, it's it's like every, a lot of these companies in Japan, it's just the same thing over and over and over and over again, and it's just frustrating, because it's like, all right, well then, you are what you are then, you know, and, 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 and like you said, Mike Spears did a great job, uh, Spears Ovation newsletter, we'll, we'll link it in the show notes as well, uh, going over, you know, Cork and Hall attendances over the last, you know, a couple of years and stuff and, and seen the ebb and flow. And like, yeah, nobody's, you know, it's, it's COVID and there's obviously still some issues going on. And there's some, you know, social distancing Arrangements and all that sort of stuff, but still, it's like a lot of these companies. It's like all right, someone's got to move or do something or have. It just feels like we've been on this, you know, in this hamster wheel over and over and over and over and over, and over again, and and everyone's just too afraid to do anything different or, or or jump off that wheel or do something strange and and really do something you know that could maybe turn. Well, maybe this, well, maybe business.
0: this is in, in in their eyes. Maybe this is doing something outside the box by yeah by mm-hmm. pushing the you know so. Here, it, what's interesting though is they're kind of copying the Noah model with this angle, right? But the thing is, since May, they're doubling Noah and Corican
1: Hall. <laughs> right? They didn't. They don't need to. Yeah. That's
0: now to be fair, Corrigan Hall is a nice measuring stick. It's kind of like the old WWF. As Square Garden is kind of the measuring stick, right? If we're doing well in the garden, we're doing well. You can judge our health by the garden. It's kind of like you can judge your general health with Corrigan. But we know it's not everything because Noah does do bigger shows that draw three and four thousand fans, and All Japan's topping out at thirteen, fourteen hundred fans. So we do have to be fair about it. But in Korokan, right now, since May, All Japan is way hotter than Noah. They're doubling Noah, and they do run And then the other difference is All Japan does tend to run their bigger stuff in Korokan versus Noah. Noah saves their bigger stuff for for the you know the sumo halls and the pumpkins yeah, yeah, that they. Yeah. And every, so I understand that, but it, but still. It's still funny that they're kind of like copying that model Meanwhile, they're doubling them up in the number one building in, in Tokyo where people measure their – how well they're doing. So, I mean, to circle back, do I love this decision? Of course not. I mean I'm not a big Suwama guy anyway and I'm certainly not a Suwama guy if he's going to be doing a voodoo murder routine from 15 years ago and mucking up the cards. Um a little better that I came into the day, not thinking they had any kind of plan and they were just throwing shit against the wall to at least having some sort of understanding that they have a plan at least maybe, but I just don't think it's a
1: good plan. That's kind of where I stand on this. Right, right, right. Like you can, you can see what they think and you can see their path forward. It's just, I don't know that it's a good path. I don't know that it's a, a smart path. I mean, I guess we'll see, but yeah, I don't know. And, and, and again this isn't any big like oh my god they've ruined Jake Lee thing. I don't think Jake Lee's that great. I don't know that Jake Lee is uh you know a transcendent star that's going to change all Japan for wrestling and get it back to the glory days. I'm not saying that at all but I just yeah you look at the what was going on and it was actually moving some tickets. It was getting some momentum. I feel it's like they were doing it. His
0: his right, it was right. supposed to be his time. It was it was finally supposed to be let's see if this can work.
1: Right, right. And now it's like who's going to care yeah, the I got next hurt time they go to and it.
0: And now it's like Why'd they even put it back on him? I mean, the the only thing I could deduct from that is he will be the one to eventually unseat Suwama. Yeah. So you want Suwama beating him instead of beating Kento so Jake Lee down the line can get his revenge and wrap the story up in a neat bow, right? That's the only... Because why even go put the title back on Jake Lee if you were just going to take it off of him in his first defense? Right. So that didn't make much sense either because it kind of makes him look like a geek. He's had two triple crown runs, and they both – he didn't – he hasn't had not a successful defense, right? Uh, like, so I think in his first,
1: first one, no, in his first one he did have like two – I want to say two okay. successful defenses uh, in that. But, I mean, it wasn't long. It was like 100 days, if anything. <laughs> I mean, don't don't get too excited on that first triple crown one. Let me uh, see. It was 185 days. He had Longer one... than I think. No, uh, no, that's what Cage Match says right here.
0: Longer than I thought. So how many how many defenses did he
1: have? Uh, he had uh he beat Oshino, <laughs> not too hard to do that. He beat Suwama, and he went to a time limit draw with Kensuke Miyahara. So technically two. Okay. Before All right. hurt, and
0: then this one, this one he just won it and then immediately yeah, lost. Yeah,
1: he it. had it for twenty six days uh, v. His first defense loses it to uh to Suwama.
0: Well, we'll see. I think we're getting Yuji Nagata Suwama. I think this show pointed towards that. Um you know, all Asia titles changed hands. Tiger Mask successfully defended. Um and Nagata aren't going anywhere because New Japan doesn't need them. They have they have uh they don't need them anyway, but right now they really they don't especially need them because need they them have
1: for G, the next month, yeah. You know G1 and have everything
0: have they and them. I don't need them for the fall. I mean, they're not going to need them until the calendar turns again, then they'll Everybody, buddy, back in for Wrestle Kingdom and everything, uh, including Kojima. If Kojima doesn't just decide, hey, I kind of like getting pushed, <laughs> you know, maybe I'll just stay here with my buddy because, uh, you know, depending if not Muto... impossible,
1: S- he's done it before, so I would not uh, rule that out whatsoever.
0: But if Muto kind of just exits stages left after his six matches are up and doesn't stick around in any kind of official capacity. Jima will probably just skedaddle right back to new Japan but I, I i look i don't know but um no I, I it's nothing i'm looking forward to um it'll be something a little different maybe but uh, it's just I, I don't know um all i could say is i don't like it but at least i know it came from some sort of long-term vision it's just it's funny how they work themselves into a shoot
2: though mm-hmm. cuz it <laughs>
0: Started to turn around anyway. Right, uh, right, They just would have left it alone. But, uh, you know, now the rest of the show, did you see this Cyrus? Uh, debut <laughs> I didn't here see that, anything uh,
1: else. Cyrus is the big roided up dude, right? Or Sorry, I should not oh, he, I, I should not allege he, that this man is on. Uh,
0: he's. I don't think this man has touched a weight or a roid in his life, Cyrus the Destroyer. Um, who's the big guy uh, I'm thinking of? No, this guy's like more of like the, uh, like if Vader, like. Didn't really put any effort at all into his body. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know how. To oh, describe this him.
1: Cyrus. Yeah, there's somebody uh, else. Cyrus I was the of. Destroyer. Yeah, no, no he's not. A- yeah, he's not the guy I'm thinking of. So,
0: uh, so Cyrus the Destroyer debuted on the tour here, and I had to know what the connection was and how the fuck this guy got booked for All Japan because he's just like a, a Southern indie wrestler, you know. So um I poked around today, and it turns out that years ago. He did a Wrestle One seminar in Georgia, of all places. Okay. With uh, Kaz, with Kaz Hayashi, and some of the other Wrestle One guys that were in. This was many years ago, but he ended up hitting it off with Kaz Hayashi and some <laughs> of, of course, the Wrestle as one, one guys. would do.
1: As one would do, yeah.
0: And this is why, if you're a wrestler, you do these seminars. You got to go
1: to every single thing. You have to every single time go to one of those you know, things.
0: I'm sometimes. not even doing shtick. This guy just got booked in all Japan. So anyway. does this Wrestle 1 seminar years ago. Wrestle 1 folds or whatever uh, many years later, but uh, before the pandemic, Wrestle 1 booked him. Now, he did one tour for Wrestle 1 and you look at who he wrestled primarily on those shows, okay, it was the Enfants. It was Shatero Ashino and and all of those dudes. Now, when Wrestle 1 split up separate ways, Who ended up in all Japan? The Mm Enfants, right? mm -hmm. So he he did the seminar with Kaz Hayashi for Wrestle 1, hit it off with the office. They booked him for a a one-off Wrestle 1 tour right before the pandemic started. Think about the luck, right? So he does the Wrestle 1 tour before the pandemic starts. He forms a relationship with his opponents. The pandemic happens. Wrestle 1 folds. All the dudes he was buddies who he made buddies with on that tour, because he did the dopey seminar, end up in all Japan, and then they get him into all Japan when the when the pandemic ends. That is networking one oh one.
1: Yeah, go to seminars. Go to
0: Cyrus seminars. the destroyer, okay? That is networking one oh one. He won a squash match over, uh, I think it was Black Menso Ray. He yes, won in like I did see that
1: bucket. on the listing. Yeah, <laughs> I did not. I did not catch that match though, but uh, maybe I should.
0: Then cut a ridiculous '80s promo. <laughs> I
1: in, in did see that. I did Ford. see that promo. Yeah.
0: So listen, and you know what? I'm like, I'm okay with this. I want more throwback shit in my. I'm in that frame of mind. Okay, this is something different. You want to give me Cyrus the Destroyer screaming into the camera and winning squash matches, looking like a a dilapidated Vader? I'll take it. I'll take it. It's something different. But I love the story. I love the story. I poked around. Rich, you probably know who got back to me. Southern indie Wrestler.
1: Yes. Okay. I think I got you.
0: Like oh yeah, I think he did a seminar with Kazuyoshi in 2016 <laughs> right. or whatever the fuck.
1: I love the idea of Wrestle One putting up shop in like Marietta, Georgia, it, 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 probably even a smaller town in Georgia. Kyle knows in Georgia, and just yeah, Wrestle One doing a seminar there. This random dude showing up and it, getting him a job. You know, four years later yeah. in all Japan, it's unbelievable.
0: So then I'm thinking Wrestle One, but with that I'm like, all right, there's some Wrestle One guys in all Japan now. So then I go digging into this guy's history and I, I find the Wrestle One tour and I'm like, oh shit, look who he worked with.
1: Yeah.
0: If you pull up his fucking gimmick, it, 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 he worked with all the guys who are in All Japan now. So you know, one thing led to another. And now, you know, we'll see what happens at the end of the tour but, uh, and if they bring him back. But, um, you know, so he did this Wrestle One tour in f- literally right before the pandemic started, February 2020. And look at who he worked with. Shitero Ashino, Yusuke Kodama, Kuma Arashi. Every night. Look, he's got the ma- he's got a singles match against Kasayashi, too, who he, you know, hit it off with at the seminar. So it all worked out for him. And uh, you know, now he's an old Japan. So if anyone was wondering where the fuck this guy came from or who he is. There you go. I did a lot of journalism today, You really Rich. did, I, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Way more on Cyrus of the Destroyer than I ever thought we would get. But, uh,
0: is John Ross Sap going to have that? Huh?
1: The Cyrus of the Destroyer Russell 1 connection? No, no, he's not. Yeah. Where are you going to get that? There it is. Yeah, that's where. You ready to take a call? Yes. All right. We are going to put up one of your favorite voice wrestling contributors, one of your favorite human beings on Earth. Uh man who filled in for you when you were gone on vacation. It is the one and only Suit Williams. Suit Williams, welcome to the show. So uh he'll be in here in a moment. Uh suit did an incredible job. When was that? Uh that was your was that your beach vacation? I forget when he filled in. If it was your beach vacation or the New Jersey. Yeah, it may have been the New Jersey one, but uh Suit is up. Uh it shows that he's still muted, but uh anytime he wants to start talking, he could start talking. So
0: better have some hot all japan takes uh
1: yeah i don't know i don't know if he uh i don't know if he has hot all japan takes we'll find out in a moment so uh there is suit it says he's unmuted I uh, maybe it's on my end i don't think it is suits can you hear us what a disaster
0: oh, we're off to a great start here <laughs> he's
1: on mute again we're gonna we're gonna throw i'm gonna throw suit away for a moment he, he will just go into the whole room for a moment what about this guy? Probably just going to plug his podcast, but we'll let him do it anyway. It is Liam, co-host of "You've Got to Be Kidding Me" here on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, the TNA Retrospective series. Uh, Liam, can you hear us?
4: Yes, I can hear. There's I'm here,
1: Liam. Yeah. Well, you want to plug your podcast after my? You get away?
4: I was going to say, well, after my failed attempt at doing this last time, where I was called a dope for I think failing three times to unmute. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, th- I thought I'd come in and I'd actually do it right for once. Yeah, but uh, you've got to be kidding me. On the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network, uh, we talk about TNA. It's mostly just me screaming about Vince Russo, but people seem to like it.
1: It's good stuff. You guys do a great job. So anybody who's listening to this and, and wants some retro TNA, I think you guys do a really, really good job. Good chemistry. Uh, it's more of a comedy podcast than it even is a retro TNA podcast, but then you have... <laughs> uh garrett who knows more about tna than any human on earth does and really should honestly it's 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 unhealthy the amount he knows uh, about tna
4: well but, it's also but... me who hasn't seen any of it yes yeah.
1: so it's a nice little blend of like here's garrett who knows everything and then you who is just like why is this happening and garrett being like i don't know <laughs> so which is more fun than it sounds i i promise because it's tna they do uh, ridiculous ridiculous things so you guys are in 2004 right now right may of 20 2004 uh,
4: yeah, 2004, and he keeps telling me we're just one year away from the good stuff, yeah. but I I don't know.
1: It, it all stinks.
4: Uh, we only, Actually, we we're about to release a free episode of our Patreon series where we did the watch along for the first ever Impact, so that's coming out soon.
1: Oh, Fox Sports Net. Okay. All right. So there you go. So enough, yeah. enough of these damn ploys. It's on. Yeah. The- yeah. What are we doing it? Yeah. But what do you want to talk about? What do you got in your
4: mind? Well, okay. I have a question, but you brought up Cyrus. So I need to talk a little bit about <laughs> Cyrus, Cyrus the Destroyer content. real quick.
1: How are we still talking about Cyrus?
4: Well, um, Cyrus the Destroyer was actually announced for Gleet at Gleet version zero in Kuruk and but he, oh he did the dastardly thing and did the jump <laughs> to old Japan. I don't know why he went to the number three company instead of the number two, Gleet. 1,000 sold out in uh, Tokyo Dome City Hall. Uh, you know, I, I just I've, a bit of more Cyrus talk on the podcast, I thought.
0: Well, listen, that makes sense because who's, who's running Gleet? Who's in Gleet?
4: That's Hayashi. Well,
0: yes, all his boys from the seminar. So, um, you know, basically what you did here, see, you think you're needling me because you're talking about Gleet, <laughs> but all you've really done here was confirm that my information is sound. So I, this is a great phone call. Uh, I don't know why
1: you uh, think I'm against you. (laughs) But you also need to address why GLEED is the number two company in in Japan. Or or are you saying Uh, in the world, Liam? Just to clarify, world or Japan?
4: (laughs) Number two in my heart. uh, But also, I think, uh, as we've learned from pro wrestling discourse about Japan lately, you can just say that and it's fine. (laughs) I can just go out and be like, 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 yeah, this is number two.
0: I mean, you're not wrong. Stardom fans (laughs) do that fans do that
1: yeah
4: there's a lot of number two
1: <laughs>
0: there's that.
1: so many new number twos every a lot promotion. of number twos yeah.
0: and, and, and the reality is it's still just dragon gate but everybody yeah. else <laughs> makes the claim so um yeah um, i have a real question about cyrus so what was your real question
4: so i this is, I've, I've set this up <clears throat> in june of of this year, which is crazy to think it's only been a month and a half, but in June, Pro Wrestling Noah offered a 300K reward to bounty hunters that can capture the international fans. So I pose to you, the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast How would you help Pro Wrestling Noah capture the international fan and in turn claim the 300 thou? There
1: it is. Liam, I'm going to put you in the hold room again while we answer uh, that question. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for your call. Uh, there it is, Joe. You want 300K? How are you getting? Uh you're going to be a noah bounty hunter. What are you going to do?
0: Something tells me that's a work.
1: <laughs> no.
0: Are you kidding? Rich, I don't know. I have a good detector for for works and shoots. Something tells me they're not paying anybody $300,000. They're not paying $300,000
1: to bounty hunt yeah. international fans to uh, to to prosing noah. Can
0: we work the noah segment into the calls here because I know we previewed the show last week? Sure. But um, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, uh, Kaito Kiyomiya, who of course is about to lose to Muto again. <laughs> um, honestly, I think he's going to win the match, but it, it, it's not
1: going to matter.
0: Mm, Do you think... see what he's been doing on social media?
1: I have not seen what Kaito doing. I don't
0: think you've been paying attention no. to this. He's mimicking Muto's maneuvers. Ugh. He's been practicing the Shining Wizard. Oh god! And... We have a
1: great. We're we're back to the Great Sonata again.
0: And no, but he's doing it out of tribute and respect <sighs> and says that uh, after he uh, gets done with Muto on this show this weekend, he's going to continue on with the legacy of Muto and uh, essentially cosplay him. So mm-hmm. if this guy, Rich, I think what the kids on the street call this is he is now a simp. I think <laughs> yes,
1: that's what we're yes, here. he is. He is a simp.
0: And is a KG Muto simp, and uh, I can't stand it. And now I hope he loses. Yeah, I hope there yeah, get his, is... Yeah,
1: get his stupid little hair, Shining Wizard stupid little hair off. Do the yeah. flaming Shining Wizard if you have to. I don't care. Yeah, get this. roll this dork out of the ring and, and move on with match number two of your retirement tour. Because, uh, wow.
0: Yeah, honestly, though, I, I really do think he's going to win. Mm. I mean, you don't have to do the full preview again because we did it last week. And um, Mike Elgin has now officially been removed from the show, which... I actually don't even think matters because I felt like Hideki Suzuki and Tim Thatcher were going to win anyway.
1: Yes, yeah. For people that do not know, Michael Logan is 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 MIA. I, I I think he's he's alive as far as I know. That that I can confirm he is alive. But last you heard, yes. But everything else, who the fuck knows? I've just heard it is quite the story, and when it comes out, it will be quite the story. And that's all I can really say. Uh, right now. But yeah, he's not dead. He's not on the side of a road. He's I don't know if he's in Japan or America. I don't know anything. All I know is that he he is alive. People do know have have made contact with him uh but that it is quite the, the tale uh for Mike Elgin. But he is off the show and uh, I is gonna be with Inamura. Uh, on this show
0: inamora, so. yeah, it yep, and that that's gonna be a decision match now. but I, I see, I think Suzuki and Thatcher were going to win the match either way. I agree I agree but um so they're gonna get to the the right end point regardless. but if you're listening live on Thursday, uh, we have been told that he's alive. Let's just make that
1: clear Yes, yes, this is Thursday you listen to this July fourteenth yeah. and that's all I know right now is that.
0: At minimum, he's
1: he's someone has made contact alive, with he, him. Yes, because for a okay. while yeah, he wasn't tweeting. Nobody knew where he was. No one was being weird about it. The person that reached out to me said that he has been found. He is not dead, but that's all they could really tell me. So,
0: so um, that's really the only update to the card since we talked about it last week. So, um, no, it doesn't change my opinion on that on that tag team title match. Um, you know, so and and I still think that. Yeah, I think Mia will finally win this one, but um you know, Muto's the ultimate politicker and I think he knows that it doesn't matter. Because he already beat the guy like a drum and you know, the draw, the win, all the tags you know, so Muto knows. This doesn't really make a <laughs> difference. Now, it'll be hilarious you're if
1: you lot, You're giving a lot of credit to one KG Muto for his awareness. You're still
0: picking Muto? Are you going on the record? I definitely
1: picking Muto. Yeah, come on, man. He's got some big-time matches coming up and stuff. I think what what what, what the, the simping does tell me, though, uh, the Kiyomiya being a simp thing does tell me that if – Keiji Mudo does lose to him it will be a oh you've learned from me you've you've taken my moves and perfected them and I I passed them on to you type of thing so he's still you know in in even in, in loss he is still making sure that it, it's all about him and all about Muto so uh maybe you're right that it, the, the 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 simp part of Kiyomiya's character is maybe going towards him winning it and 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 the sign of respect and passing of the torch or whatever. But I still think Keijimura Shining Wizards that dude and pins him in the middle of the ring and goes on to his next match. But we'll see. We'll see.
0: So Kano, 0% chance against Kojima, right? Uh, oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, 0 Yeah,
0: 0% chance. Um, I guess the junior title, it doesn't matter who wins, Hayata or Saeki Yoshioka. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference, right? It just doesn't make a difference. Um, Van Damme and Tanaka against Nosawa Rangayan, super crazy. Um. You know Tanaka's the one who got Van Dam in, and he'll be he'll be a regular on some of the bigger shows. He's not going to be working, you know, tiny ass house shows in the middle of nowhere. But you'll 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 see more of Van Dam. You know Ninja Mac, who obviously got Dante Leon in, they're facing each other. I saw his Rev Pro stuff from like the last month, so Ninja Mac's all over the place, man. He made a good impression in Rev too. I thought I thought for his spot on the card. He did a nice job. That guy, you know, he's getting booked everywhere, Ninja.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll give him credit. Like, he was kind of dorky at first and kind of weird, but he's been working his ass off, and I got to give him credit. And and what I've seen, he's improved a lot. Uh, He's working with better talent, more regularly, and he's hitting the ground running. I mean, you you can't, I I will never, ever, you know, dismiss a wrestler who who is is traveling the world, trying to get better and improving, and and you see that improvement happening. I I can't, I can't ever, you know, that's cool. You You want that out of every wrestler. To want to get improve, want to improve and want to wrestle everywhere but yeah this guy's hitting japan he's hitting america he's hitting the uk that's that's good for him man that's that's the best part about being a wrestler man you can travel the world doing this stupid thing
0: if i told you Robbie x was ripped would you believe me
1: i saw you said that about RevPro. i can't believe it but i also can because that's a weird there's a lot of weird biotransformations that happen in 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 in, in rev uh that yeah. uh yeah it's a Guys go over there and they just they work out. They must have a great gym at the Red Pro facility or Because Luke
0: Jacobs is doing a Walter gimmick. I kid you not. Oh, he got fat now? He put on that husky weight, like that thick barrel chested yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: kind yeah. of. Yeah, oh, because he was kind of like what He's just that a happen?
0: normal looking guy. He didn't know charisma, just kind yeah, of yeah, there. Yeah. He's like husky now. He's got the Walt mini. He's like a mini Walter, and he's doing chops and shit. Like okay, he's doing okay. Walter. If Walter's gimmick.
1: gonna be Gunther and he's gonna be skinny, then there's a there's an opening for a Walter. So good for him.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. Ninja Mac reminded me of that. Is, but is Dan that's Maloney the, uh, still
1: ripped to shreds or no?
0: He hasn't worked the recent run, so okay. I don't know. Hmm.
1: Um, so Robbie X is big is now. It's Robbie X. No, no,
0: he's like not big. He's ripped. He's like shredded.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Like,
0: remember, he was kind of. He's a flippy do guy, but he was kind of like chubby. Yeah, yeah. He was just
1: kind of like whatever. You know, he just had like a normal body type, yeah.
0: Yeah, like a guy mowing the lawn on the weekend. <laughs> right. He's but now, shredded now? Shredded. I promise you he's shredded. Interesting. It's, it's helped him tremendously. He <laughs> I just watched him like
1: now. a month ago. How could he be shredded already? I know. It's
0: crazy. It's 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 wild. It's wild. Watch a
1: retro show from um, June. It's July. <laughs> like what?
0: I know. I don't know how he did it. It's, uh, huh. it's real, though, because I've been watching to catch up with the Tag League stuff. Um, Light Ghost Gym, Rich. You into the Light Ghost Gym? The uh, Light Ghost, not the wolves, really. The fucking not really,
1: no. <laughs> you
0: know what they're doing now? You know they're Dragon Gate marks, right? Like yeah, the, yeah. the original Light Ghost is a Dragon Gate mark. They're doing Genki Horiguchi's old rubber band spot.
1: Oh, hell he yeah. Up into good. The crowd. good. A That's a band. great spot. That's a great spot.
0: Oh, so, like, they... they a it like gets reversed like the one wolf will be holding up the opponent and the other wolf goes up the fucking stairs with the band but then when he's not looking like the opponent like reverses <laughs> and then okay all right i like and that. then and then the wolf gets hit in the balls with the rubber band <laughs> right so that that's that's like the spot that they're doing but you know he stole that shit from like oh, they're dragging as
1: you should that's a good thing game mark
0: yeah i i think one of those is the original like ghost wolf and the other guy is like Kid like goes three or so. I don't fucking. There's like a million of these Lycos wolves running around. Um. But uh, people better check under those masks. You never know with these British guys. Yeah. But you're, uh. You're, you're be sure. Anyway, that's a little unplanned RevPro catch up. But uh. Yeah. So the the Noah Boudican show is on Sat Saturday. Same day as the G one. Yep. Mm-hmm. So fuck man that's gonna be things are about to get real busy for yeah me over the here.
1: summer yeah things uh, light up for the summer and then they get big they get real real big and a lot of stuff happening uh we are just about out of time i am gonna give suit one more chance though to get him on here because any know. opportunity to talk to suit i don't want to pass up uh suit is a great person so we uh we, suit is up we'll see if his connection he his wi-fi disconnected last time we'll give him a chance uh, to come on again suit is on the air there he is suit can you hear us
3: Yes, I can. There it, he
1: is, in all his glory. What's up, man? How are you?
3: Rich, when I tell you it's a miracle my Wi-Fi didn't black out during our show, it is a miracle. It's like every three hours with this thing. I got to go back, got to reset it. It's it's a nightmare.
1: Well, happy to have you here, yeah.
3: And now I got to sit here and probably, I probably got buried because, uh... Cause I didn't. Cause I screwed it up the first time.
1: I would say Joe was pretty nice. He's nice. I didn't usual. say anything. I, I didn't don't say anything. No. I, I said something. There we go. I, think I buried you maybe more than Joe did. So. Um, it was a, it was a light burial because because we know we're, you're good for it. You know there's a real reason. There's some other dopes that don't know how to unmute uh, unmute and all that sort of stuff. But
3: uh, yeah, I like you. that guy Liam. Yeah, what? A Never joke. liked that he guy. Nailed it.
1: He nailed it this time, so I can't. But yeah, he he was a clown last time. It was like three unmutes and he disconnected. It was a joke. It was an absolute joke. But uh,
3: what's on your mind, suit? What do you got? Watch my thing blacks out again. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, I was listening earlier. You guys did the big G one preview. We never got a prediction. What's your picks? Who you got? He's, he's right. let have some guts. He's not wrong, Joe. You never gave a prediction.
0: I never do predictions.
1: You know that. <laughs> well, um, you, now you have to. A caller has hey, asked for it.
3: Here we go. First time. Let's do it. Who you got? Um, I can give mine while you think about it.
0: Yeah, What what do you got? I have a... I have an idea where I'm going to go with the blocks where there's going to be a surprise winner. But let me see what you have to say. Go ahead.
3: All right. So my theory is with all the uh, I can give you my block winners and then my overall winner. So my theory is a block. It feels like it's just Okada's to lose. I don't think he will. So I think Okada wins a block. I, I would
1: agree with you, not to interrupt, I would agree with you, I don't see anybody so else. So we all block. agree on that, yeah, we've there's, all got the, a. There's, no yeah. uh, there's no way Yano, Cobb maybe, but probably not, Archer, no way, Folly no way, Tom Lawler, no way, Jonah, no way. So I think it's either Okada, maybe like a 1% or 5% chance for Cobb, but it feels like Okada's to lose for sure.
3: Like I think Cobb would be like the second guy, like the guy who Okada has to like, he has to hope Cobb loses so he has a chance or something. right, right, right. I agree. But yeah, this is Okada's the lose. B block it's weird because now they have the semi so you could have Switchblade win it, but do you wanna you wanna burn off Okada White in a semi-final that's gonna sell out already? That that doesn't seem like the right decision. Well, so especially going against
1: champion too. You you don't need to yeah give that up.
3: So I will say Tamatanga upsets him on the last night. And I will say that Sonata wins the block. Oh, I thought for you were going
1: go through it. I was like, let's go! <laughs> what an inch the there. I like it. I, I don't hate it. I don't hate
3: it. I'm into this God turn. I've been into it. I was into uh, Jado chasing Gato through the New Japan Cup. I was into uh, Tomatonga versus Evil. Which tell me that six months ago, I I'd have called you crazy, but I was into that match. And uh, yeah, I'm into this, but. I think Sonata's going to win that block. He was supposed to have this U.S. title run, but then his face got broken. So I think Sonata will win that B block. So we run back Okada Sonata for that. Then C block. Oh, 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 oh. Now, oh, now, now
1: Mr. I don't do predictions wants to make predictions. He,
0: he wanted our predictions here, so we're going block by block, right? So that's, No, I, so- thought
3: you were, I thought you were going to do overall and just wait for me. I told you I was going to vamp for you a little bit.
0: Well, I agree with you again. I think Tom Otonga's beaten Jay White on the last night. So that I think that, that has Bullet Club bullshit written all over it. And uh, so we're we're two for two in agreement here. I think that Jay White is getting knocked out on the last night by Tomatonga.
3: All right. Uh, you got Sonata winning the block then?
0: Yeah, because then, yeah, he would beat. Because I don't think they're going to have anybody who's not wrestling on the final night win the blocks. Yeah. But oh, I'll be different point. than you – Hmm. I'll be different than you, and I'll put Ishi through just to be different, because Uh-oh. I think Okada's going to the final anyway. So uh, just to be different, I'll I'll take Ishi. Damn,
1: I wanted to do I wanted my Tamatanga B block thing to happen, but I, yeah, he's not wrestling the final night, so they're not. I don't think they're going to do that then. So
0: he's a spoiler all the way.
1: Yeah, man, when is he man. last? What's his last match? It feels like it's like the night is night fifteen really his last match? Tamatanga's yeah. last match? No, it's with Jay White.
0: Eighteen.
1: Oh, that he's, no, uh, what? On, yeah, no, no, no. I'm going with yeah. Tama Tonga, man. Let's get let's get wild. Let's get crazy. You're putting Tama I, through the block. I'm putting All Tama right. through the block, and he's going to eat a Rainmaker in, in the semis. But I'm putting Tama through the block. Let's
3: go. I'm not against it. I there's a different feeling with God. I don't know that baby face fire. I'm really I'm legitimately into them right now. The block This is a tough one, cause. There's legit, like, five people who could win this. My initial feeling is Naito, because Naito's on the... Okay, Naito's wrestling the last night against Saber, and Saber knocked him out of the G1 last year. So I think Naito's going to win that. And then it's Evil versus Goto. I can see Goto knocking off Evil, so I will go with Naito to win the C block. What do you guys think about that?
0: Same thing because I think uh oh, I'll tell you my my G one final I guess in a minute but yeah I've got Naito going through for a lot of the same reasons that uh that you just gave
1: yeah I, I'm the same as you I think I think this is the time to to put Naito through so I'm, I'm with you
3: I could see Kenta getting through because his because his last match is the night before against Tanahashi maybe he's got a dog in the race but.
0: I think yeah. Kent is gonna I think Kent is gonna knock I think Kent is gonna be out and he's gonna knock Tanahashi out. And I, I think Tanahashi's losing night one to Hanare. So I think that's I think Tanahashi's gonna be out and that's why he's not wrestling on the final night.
3: I can see that. But yeah, we all got Naito. Uh yeah, and then yeah, D- yeah I'm Naito. Yeah. All right. D block. I really want to pick Juice, but that's not happening. <laughs>
1: juice, let's go. <laughs>
3: he, I'm all the way back in, man. I loved Juice for so long, and seeing him kind of like burn out was really sad. And now he's all the way back, and I'm back all the way in. But, um, yeah, I think Osprey and Juice are going to knock each other out. So, I mean, the only person left is Shingo, but I've got that's three LIJ guys in these. Semifinals. That feels lopsided. You think maybe they put Juice or El Fantasma through to maybe like get a Bullet Club guy in there?
0: Yeah, considering this is supposed to be not- Bullet Club. I'm taking Juice. I think Juice beats Will Osprey on the final night. Yeah, and that's that's wrong because I think that I think that feud continued. Well, see, here's the thing: Juice is Will Osprey is the real U.S. champ. Juice is the fake champ. So I think Juice knocking Will Osprey out and also advancing in the tournament sets up a U.S. title match between those two later as well. Uh, because yeah. Yeah, And then I think Juice is going to lose to Naito, and I think Okada is going to go through whoever wins the B block. Because they've done Okada-Naito a million times this year, and Classic Gato Booking is doing the same match until everybody is tapping out of, uh, and tired of it. So this seems to be an Okada-Naito year where they just do that match over and over. So I think that'll be your final. And I think Okada will win it.
3: I've got the same final. I've got Naito winning it.
0: All right, Creech.
1: Uh, so I, so what do I have? I have Okada and Tamatonga in the one semifinal. Okada's winning that one. Uh, and then yeah. I have Naito and rock hard Juice Robinson in the other one. Uh, Juice is not going through. I think T- Naito wins that one too. So I'm Okada and Naito in the finals as well. I think, Break the tie. I think Break I'm the tie. going Okada. I think it's an Okada year again. Oh, I, think he... that
0: Juice, I think Juice gets enough out of beating Will Ospreay and winning a block. He doesn't need to go through to a final. Oh, I agree. Oh, yeah. no, no, no,
1: no. That's why I think Naito goes through to the final for sure. Um, yeah, I'm going to yeah. go Okada. I think Okada is going to go back to back. I think that, that makes the most sense. The problem is with the final, it doesn't matter that much. With the two nights thing, it's not like – and we talked about this – over all the years that we've done these G1 previews, is that, like, back in the day, we would, like, have these knockout drag out like, okay, who's going to win this thing? Because, like, this guy has to main event Wrestle Kingdom. This guy has to draw. You know, if it's Okada or Naito, that's fine. It could be either of those two dudes. And it really doesn't matter, because both guys might main event their own nights anyway. But, you, you know, like, so, I don't know. It's not, like, a life-and-death thing to decide who wins the G1 these days, like it used to be. Uh, so, I, I think it could be either Naito or Okada. I think Okada probably does it, though.
3: I completely so- forget... I completely forgot Okada won last year. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's been a long...
0: These pandemic G1s are they're,
3: they're tricky. <laughs> yeah, and then Ibushi wow. messed up his shoulder too, and then you yeah, yeah. had Okada just standing in the corner confused as it popped on the screen. Kazuchika Okada, winner. Yeah, that's and that, the, the that, less sum that, that whole G1's one up.
1: That's better, for sure. That's yeah. a, a, a forgettable one on a lot of ways. So I, we,
0: took, we took three different guys in the B block... We all went with a different dude, um, and two of us went with Juice, and who? Suit? Who'd you even take in the D? You took Shingo. You I
3: took take? Shingo.
0: Shingo. Okay, so two of us went with Juice. One went with Shingo, and we all had somebody different coming out of the B block. So that B block is the one where it, it is the trickiest. Um, you know that you like you said you could really go like five different ways with the B block. I mean, I wonder, Ocon lurking yeah. around. Like, yeah, he doesn't wrestle the last match. We
1: really shouldn't rule him out either.
3: Yeah, I was just about to bring him up. I was wondering when his last match is. I, the night before I
0: against Taichi.
3: They, okay, well, he he could be one of those guys in the mix, and things work out his way. He he could could
1: do really, great Ocho Ocon would be a great peeking through the curtain guy. A great, like right. an all-time oh, great man. peeking through the curtain guy.
0: Right, and then everything falls his way to last night, and he's the one that goes
1: through. Just uh, like his belly totally- laugh, Ooh, that-, that incredible belly laugh. He could do his dance. <laughs> you know, and I, yeah. If there's anybody that, if there's anybody that we get through, uh, you know, on on no merits of his own, Okan's a great guy to do it.
3: You, you know yeah. what, Fuck Sonata, great Okan's my yeah, pick.
1: There it is.
0: You know what, though, it's like for years Shibata underperformed, and it was Abushi, and it was Sonata. I feel like the new guy who underperforms every year in the G1 because we're all waiting for it to be the year he gets pushed is going to be O'Con. Like he he seems to finish like 4 and 5 every year. You know, so I could totally see him going like 2 and 4 or something and not even being in the mix. But then one of these years he's just going to break out and, you know, go undefeated in a block and go through. But it, I feel like he's the new guy where everybody is patiently waiting around for him to get the big G1 push and it takes like two years longer than everybody thinks right, it's going right, to take. Right,
1: right, Don't, don't crush so, our dreams. He, don't what are you doing here? Come on. He
0: feels like that guy now.
1: He does. No, like, yeah, like he definitely does.
0: those were all the guys before. Remember Kota Abushi would go like four and five every year. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And everyone was like, what the fuck? You know, and Shibata, same thing. And Sonata was the other one. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm sure there are one or two others I'm forgetting, but,
3: well hey, they, feel, Ishii was probably one. He, he
0: yeah. Okan feels like that guy right now. So that might be why he's not even on the final night. A couple years ago, it was either last year or the year before, all these pandemic years blend together. He started off like 4 and 0 or 5 and 0. Remember that? And then he just lost every match after that. And uh he he was the Shelton Benjamin of that year where he, he gets out of the gates and you're like, "Oh shit." Uh, you know, here's a guy unexpected going to be in the mix. And then, you know, there's always one guy that like wins his first three or four matches and then doesn't win another match. And that was call that the I
1: Shelton think. Benjamin. Actually, <laughs> remember that year where everyone Shel- was yeah. like,
0: what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> They're going all the way with Benjamin. Archer used to do that. And Archer, Dave Boy Smith and Shelton Benjamin would do that every single year. And people, David Boy Smith, I remember almost every time it'd be like, whoa, are they really going to do And then, yeah, it'd be like he'd end, you know five and six or whatever when it was all way sunshine. out of the yeah. mix. Yeah. Way out
0: of the mix. Yeah. So that feels like Ocon was like his slot right now, but um, you know, we'll see. Um, I, you know, it was, yeah, I want to see how I, I'm really curious to see how Tom Lawler mixes it up with everybody. I mean, he's got to be amped up and excited about um, about being in this thing and working with some of these guys. So, uh, he's someone that, and I'm not, I'm not quite sure how his style is going to jive with a lot of these dudes. So I don't expect him to be in the mix. I think that's part of the reason they got the strong title off of him. I mean, that seems like a small detail, but that's how, you know, if he's going to come over here and go one in five, they don't want a champion getting fucking murked out like that. So I could, you know, I, I don't feel like he's going to win any matches, but I, I'm curious to see, um, you know, how how he meshes style-wise with these guys.
3: Yeah, I could see him... I could see him losing out, but I can also see him... Like, there are, like, four matches where he could go either way. Like, Yano is always up in the air. Archer, Fale, but... Wanna, you ten- Yeah, you tend to go with the, guy that's, the guys that's been there to get those wins over the newcomer.
0: I think they're going to do right by Archer, too, because... You know they, yeah. they they want Mox they want Moxley and Danielson in this thing. And they're not <laughs> right. gonna they
1: gotta they gotta placate them a little. Yeah, I I look at this field. I really don't see anybody that's like I think gonna be an Ofer or like even
0: a Yoshihashi maybe
1: maybe. Yeah, I, I feel like everyone's gonna be pretty. Oh, like there'll be your top top guys, but I feel like everybody else is gonna kind of be in a blob. I, I don't think you're gonna get your because there's not a whole lot of guys on. I mean, there's no young lions in here. There's no... I mean, and the outsiders that you're talking about are all guys that I think they would want to... They don't want to, like you said, completely destroy Tom Lawler and Jonah. I mean, those are both guys that you need, you know, for uh, New Japan Strong. Archer, you don't want to totally job him out because, you know, you want that AEW connection. And it's Lance Archer. They respect him. They, they know what he has. And then there's, like, you know, your you're Finley, Yujiro, and Yoshihashi's. You don't want to completely dog those guys. So, yeah, I don't i do give know.
3: it a guy. I'll give it a guy. That Chase Owens is in there. B-block. Yeah, that's... yeah. Um, I yeah, mean, he could pull... In. He could pull a little Don Jardine and maybe (laughs) catch somebody.
0: He is the Don Jardine of these tournaments. You know that. Yeah. Um, Ricochet. Hey. But um, I'll give you the guy that's going to either go over or win one match, and I'm going to give you the match. It's Fantasmo because technically he's still a junior. He can beat him like a drum, and that's his out. I think he's beaten Shingo to last night because last night at the presser, he spent a lot of time through Chris Charlton – Talking shit about Shingo. What was with that? He didn't get into town on time or something. He wasn't at the presser.
3: There a few your... guys. Um, I know Archer wasn't there because I know you guys missed the A and B block. Yeah, Archer and I think Tomatonga weren't at there. I'll be on the CF weren't there flight. either.
0: Um, yeah, but it, there was a lot of attention paid between Phantasmo and Shingo uh, at the presser, so.
3: What do you call Osprey, too? What do you have Charlton call Osprey?
0: Oh, he called him a... uh... It was
3: like a Logan Paul that had sex with the Abominable Snowman or something stupid. (laughs) And it popped uh, juice big.
0: Then he said that uh, Yoshihashi looks like a fart and Shingo looks like he's always smelling one. I think he said. Looks like a uh... fart. But uh, but it was funny because it was all Chris Charlton. Yeah, it was Chris Charlton. It was Chris Charlton doing Phantasmo's promos, and Charlton's like the nicest guy ever, and he's and he's shitting on all of these people, and it's just it was, it was phenomenal stuff. It was, and then
3: was- and then you had the uh, Japanese translator, just this nice woman translating these promos, and she had to translate it for everybody too, and then, <laughs> like. And Osprey's just egging around, go on, say, say elephant fart or whatever it is he said. <laughs> yeah, no, it
0: was, uh, the presser, as always, was uh, very amusing. Um, now, Kent is doing some weird new routine where he, he refuses to speak Japanese and he speaks English and forces the lady to translate. And all he did was read off a list of his favorite foods. It was very bizarre. And he was dressed very strange, and um, so I don't know what's going on with Kenta. He's just, you know, his body probably is just completely shot. He's
1: just doing everything he can to to head first into
0: character work. Yeah, yeah, um, Yeah, those
3: backstage promos are going to be something this tour. But yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep.
1: We appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on here, giving us a a bonus, an extra uh, G1 preview here. I really do appreciate it. Hope you are 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 keeping well, and uh, hopefully, I get to see you in uh, September. If you're uh, barring any uh, travel concerns that you had, like you had, but hey, you made it last time. Your city was underwater last time, and you still fucking made it. So I'll hopefully see you again.
3: It was touch and go. Let I got a travel credit uh, for all that. So let's hope maybe this year. I get it a little bit easier yeah, yeah it's right. not looking that way but you know we'll see <laughs> we'll, we'll see. play out the string hopefully hopefully thank you if so I much. can get on a plane yes. I will get
1: on a plane all right there it is suit. so thank you so much uh for uh jumping Thanks, out here for a minute doing a little bit of preview getting our giving our predictions he's right we did not give any predictions so uh he, he got us I know you're not a prediction guy but usually we we, we dive in a little bit more of like who we think's going to win and all that sort of stuff we didn't do that this time but suit so got us there.
0: I, you know, I'm not big on predictions. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, and,
1: especially with this guy. G1. It's with the current G1. It's really tough. Cause it's like, I mean, who cares? I, he might lose the briefcase. There's two domes. There's, you know, semifinals. I don't know what's going <laughs> to happen. So uh, we'll yeah. see. But that's, uh, that is it for us here on the flagship. Um, Again, voices of for all the other great G1 previews up there. Jay Michael and Chris Samsa, tons and tons and tons of previews to get you ready uh, for the beginning of the event on Saturday. Also, we mentioned an All Japan uh, show. You can watch, uh, read a review. Uh, Gerard did a review uh, on our website as well. Uh, with uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling's review. Uh, Gerard and Paul also host the Emerald Flow show on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network, covering Noah and All Japan. So, should be a very eventful podcast coming up this weekend as well. I uh, heard from Liam on this show, too. He's co host if You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. Super JCast is on the Voice of the Wrestling Podcast Network. There's a lot of stuff in that Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. You should subscribe to it, and you should review it, and you should share it, and you should love it. But you got all that there. Also, Patreon.com/slash voices of wrestling. That is where you can get all of our bonus content, $5 tier, $10 tier. Uh, again, the $5 tier is going to get you all of our retro series uh, and is going to get you the G1 daily audio as well. Uh, I also gives you Thursday T reviews. $10 gives you lives, flagships. It gives you instant reaction lives. It also gives you all of our written content as well. So $10 gets you everything, but $5, you're going to get a lot of good value this month uh, as well on the $5 tier. So that is it for us. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. That's Joe. I'm Rich. We'll talk to you next time on the flagship podcast. Take care.